This episode of Ain't That Swell is brought to you by Dr. V, an innovative new functional energy drink bridging the energy category with sports and healthy beverages. Scientifically formulated by doctors and naturopaths, Dr. V delivers 100% natural metabolic energy without the damaging side effects of traditional energy drinks. With a functional and immunity-building blend to energize every moment, it's fast becoming the convenient go-to energy boost for athletes and adventurers, students, gamers, busy professionals, and food-forward well-beings seeking a truly healthy alternative. Dr. V is proudly made in Australia and is a proud supporter of Ain't That Swell. Keep an eye out for their four flavours, Bendamenda, Karma Karma, Brainstorm, and Siberian Rush. And that. Sick. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, and I ask you're going to find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the cool back. Drop down, say bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that's the table thing? Oh, surf looks good, Alvin. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys, welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. Sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing. And I'm joined here as always by my loyal friend and co-host, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Aye. Tracks magazine, Aye. Waves magazine, Aye. Vaughn Rinsed Corn Deadly. G'day, Smoothie. Good to be back, brother. Holy shit! Can you believe the fucking cone off 2022 has been ramming up into our eyeballs? Straight off the bat. Oh, it's popped off. Uh, a merry La Nina to you and a happy new year, Vaughn. Happy Nina, Season mate. greetings. Uh, mm. The cones keep on coning Rona cones, as it mm. were. Uh, how's the cone Rona treating you? Yep, got the Rona uh, and got the coners. I've got fucking a uh, good start to the year, mate. Uh, it wasn't without its, its downsides, I have to say. Uh, publicly shamed for burning. Uh, a local, we'll get to that in a minute, uh, just there at Main Beach Byron. But uh, yeah, got the COVID, got through that pretty uh, effortlessly, I have to say. A couple of headaches, that was about it. And uh, just frothing, Smith, frothing to kick into the new year. And uh, mate, we're off to a fucking banger too, man. Mm. Off to a banger. Had O'Wright and the Swellians do a little bit of thrust, thrust, parry mm-hmm. at the, uh, to kick off things. And uh, that was pretty interesting, getting O to uh, sort of engage with... All the super fans out there. And um, what else? Yeah. Oh, new merch drop mm. happening in the next couple of days. I should be out right now as you listen to this. So, uh, Smivy, I know you had a hand in designing one of the uh, the new T-shirts. Yes. Only 50 available. So, uh, yeah, if you like the look of those things, get on board, Swillians. Get a bit of shit on your chest. An old-fashioned Cleveland steamer fresh out of Catmandu. <laughs> 
Uh, one of the uh, most iconic T-shirt designs. It's a real 90s kind of inner city train spotting T-shirt design. Mm. It was very popular when I was a kid, but then I think it just went missing, uh, probably because Nepal went into this weird phase where it was being kind of dominated by Maoist rebels and you mm. just couldn't get the McShit T-shirt mm. anymore. So but it's back. It back. I brought, brought it, it back. back. Good on yes. you, mate. Fuck the empire. Put a uh, McShit on your chest and fly the flag against... The establishment against the empire. Don't fund the empire. Get a big shit on your T-shirt then, from Swellians.com. What's the other one? Eat, pray, cone. Mm. Bit of spiritual guidance from That's uh, right. the two-time gold cone piece. Yes, there eat, for you. pray, cone, and all your problems will cone away. <laughs> the Swellians.com. Yeah, 50 limited edition numbers. Get on it right now if you uh, want to be sporting and repping ATS moving forward into the year. Finger buns are just sitting in a room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns, finger buns, feed your face in your finger buns. Let's get stuck into these uh, board socks finger buns, Smithy. Board socks number five. Number five, tropical cyclone Seth delivers waves, shenanigans and chicanery to the mm. north coast of New South Wales. Uh, 20 Ooh. of the core lords who risked major organ failure taking on the Rona cones of Tropical Cyclone Seths. I salute you. A doff of the cap. Mm, big doff of the cap. Absolute tunnel vision going on at the Goldie. Uh, usual suspects all amongst the Smith getting their fair share. Heard a lot of rumours, Smithy, about uh, an over population of skis up there. Sergeant mm. Gary Conehead absolutely mm. dropping the ball as usual, <laughs> as he's known to do in the Cone Gold Coast Head. region. But uh, yeah, lots of complaining about too many skis. Mm. Uh, I wasn't up there. Uh, I, I managed to get a few waves around the Byron area, but what let's, was your what was your feedback on the on the ski situation? Well, we'll, because, we'll get to that in a sec. Let's right, start. Right, uh, let's let's get into Kira. Let, let's break it down. All let's right. break down this swell because there was three hot spots. Uh, Kira. Noosa and Byron. I mean, it's almost always the same zones that pop off in the cyclone cyclone swells. Yeah, Yeah, Mm. your options are pretty limited. Um, You know, very few places up this neck of the woods can deal with swell in the, uh, you know, six to eight to ten foot range. But uh, Kira definitely can. And there was all kinds of shenanigans, as you alluded to, Vaughan Corn. I mean... As far as I know, I, I was riddled with the Rona at this stage, so I couldn't even get off the couch. Mm. Um, but from what I heard, wasn't all time, Kerry. There was a couple of windows, like of an hour or a couple of hours here and there. Um, but it was big, Kira, like as big as I've ever seen it. Definitely not anywhere near the best, but the biggest. Just fucking giant. Did, like, did you see it. that photo of Mikey Wright? Uh, I think it was on 18 Seconds magazine. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know if it's uh, it looks like kind of late Arvo, I suppose, and it's just the most apocalyptic looking scene. You know that that cityscape of surfers in the background, just a huge double up sort of backdoor section about to line up. Mikey just on a dead glassy one, not another head in the frame, and man, something about it is just mesmerite, like one of the all-time classic Goldie shots. really you know? is. I think that's mm. the best shot of Kira I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. So many elements aligning there, and it looks like fucking eight to ten foot back door. Yeah, it looks fucking psycho, man. Except the line on it goes for about 50 kilometres, and he's locking into a basically, you know, 10 to 12 second Kira slash backdoor cone. Um, that, I think, was 
possibly one of the waves of the swell. Mm. Uh, the other one that was in that kind of echelon just in terms of height, Parko's yeah. free-falling to the bottom of this, like, again, like an 8- to 10-foot pit, not as squared out and slabby, uh, but tall, mm. crazy tall. Yeah, mate. I just, I mean, you were sitting with Bugs. Uh, you've spent a bit of top, uh, time with Bugs this year doing some commentary on the uh, Burley single fin. Did he mention, you know, we, we always look back to the 70s, uh, really, as the pinnacle of, of Kira Swells, mostly because it was pre-Superbank, the sand lined up really, really nice past the hut, you know. It, it was way more of a traditional point break that, where the energy focused more down that end of the, or up that end of the Goldie. Mm. Um, but did he give you any inclination, Smivy, that, you know, what we're seeing now is actually the best sort of Kira surfing slash Kira waves that have ever been ridden? Like it has to be, surely. Yeah, we didn't go too deep on that, but I guess, you know, it's it's kind of two different waves. Like the OG Kira was like a, a, a nuggety, kind of more kind of hugging the groin. That's right. Square. Uh, it definitely didn't hold the size of the modern day Kira. That's, it runs more parallel to the beach as opposed to down the groin. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really compare eras. We were talking more about... Uh, you know, just the icons of his generation, MP and the like, and the various techniques and board designs. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it is a crazy fucking spectacle now, just with the jet skis, the the, the size of swell that mm. it can hold. And, uh, you know, I feel like back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you weren't really seeing guys attempt to surf Kira in that, Eight that sort of size, range, the, no. the wash through, the the sectiony kind of weird, uh, you know, heavily. Sw- they will definitely going up against the sweep. Don't get me wrong, mm. but uh, probably not in the size range we're seeing at the moment. I think uh, a big shout out to Geordie Watson, part of the uh, the Watson clan, mm. Ty uh, Watson, yeah, South Coast OGs, yeah, Colbara Core Lords. But uh, Geordie got what many are calling the wave of the swell. Oh uh, wow. It was just a fucking proper squared out, like Kira Classic. Uh, fuck, he just made, I don't know, about five, six, seven seconds of like proper skits tube. <laughs> Couldn't see him. And then comes out, readjusts with a stand tall <laughs> all the way through the fucking end section, just gets so fucking Mate. drained. The squarest Dude, thing. You Have pulled a, in there. I mean, you, like, far out. We've all been in situations on any sort of wave or on a good sort of, you know, below sea level uh, rip bank. Like, the sand is so compact, mate. It may as well be cement. But mm. eight to ten foot Kira, where it's really going below sea level, where it's draining and pushing and doing that sort of just hectic foam ball through the middle. To get the read right on those for, you know, 200 metres or so, and then to have the fucking gumption to stand up, Smivy, you know, with your, your hands behind your back. adjustment, you know. Oh, just the I think once you says so much for where surfing's come, where it's at, you know. Doesn't it? I think once you thread that opening section, I think that's like the hard part, just the, the mm. whole top section, um, you know, there's a big crowd on it. You've got to knife it and really get going. There's usually a bit of foam at the start too before it hits that blue-green dreamy stretch. Mm. But if you can navigate all of that, 
that end section bit is just, I think that's when you're in sync, you're in rhythm, and that's when you're throwing in the stand tall. You're looking into other realms, mate. You're looking into other realms, Smithy. That's when you enter the dream state, the are you kidding me realm. (laughs) Uh, And Geordie Watson just threading a fucking screaming Mm. maniac. Drove 12 hours straight into that. 12 hours, got out of the car, just fucking spilling dirty bird and McShit wrappers all over the ground. A couple of Merv Hughes calisthenics and straight into the wave of the swell, you kingpin. Man, well, chuck that on into the list of, uh, well, like, if you name, say, top five waves from, from that stretch, from the top of Snapper right through down to, to uh, Kira of the last sort of 10 years. you got Parco's big one, uh, the famous photo uh, from that, that swell when the, the quickie pro moved from Snapper down to Kira. Mm. He stayed up there and pulled into that big thing. Classic shot, probably the greatest surf photo ever taken on the Goldie. Um, then you got Mitchie Parkinson's one where he got faded on on what it, you know it already had about fifty eight seconds of tube vision. Mm. Um, Jack Freestone just, had a go go gadget endless scream at mm. Akira. I mean, there, yeah. you're seeing rides that have never been, may never ever, sorry have have never been done before. I think not not with the equipment and and whatnot. I think Wayne Dean, Rabbit, maybe MP. Back in the day, they've probably done things and seen things out there that not many people have. But I think we're seeing, uh, you know, with with basically the swells that are hitting this stretch, the way that the sand all moves in there now, the best rides that have ever been seen mm. out there has to be. And these guys surf so fast that, you know, once they've knifed the drop, there's almost no wave that can outrun them. If it's got, like... Any hint of being makeable, these guys are going to fucking find the speed mm. to rocket through them. Josh Kerr's another one who's had Fanny. I mean, how much vision? Oh my lord! Fanny rocked up it. There. It's an interesting dynamic too between the apex predators. Uh, you know, your Parker and Fanny—they're the two big dogs mm. at Kira, and they seem to have a kind of a different taste in waves out there. Fanny is always on these fucking incredibly orbular but slightly more compact Mm. fucked up just slabs that just fucking morph and orb and warp and then Parco's sitting out there waiting for the absolute bomb fuck that's a good observation isn't it like Fanning seems to hunt out true Kira that's that's the waves that you see him on they really almost do hark back to that golden era. They're those ones that kind of hug the sand a little more, get a little bit more bowly, have that really thick lip that runs, you know, not just uh, for that one section, but seems to just keep grinding on down the point, which is, you know, that that takes me back to, to Cyclone Roger, Cyclone Betsy, those sort of uh, green iguana swells where mm. it was perfect, Kira, but it was just still so bowled out, man. And uh, Parco, he just seems to be on the tall ones, doesn't he? Mm. Just the big ones. Get that big frame, that big honker, fucking <laughs> deep behind the curtain, Smith. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and, and, he, he just, he alpha-mailed that last wheel. Jeez, he got mm. some, he had a session behind the rocket snapper, step-offs, admittedly, but mm. he must have got uh, like 30 barrels of pretty major conequence in, mm. in the space of an hour and a half. Mm. Yeah, and I think it does hark back to their physicality. You know, Parco... Family man, uh, you know, uh, a beer baron, uh, starting to, you know, resemble his product in some degrees, a, a bit of a beer keg or a, a can of bolter. I reckon he's looking fit. He was yeah. looking pretty beefy when the uh, rival series was on. 
Well, I, you know, I was up close and personal with him at the single fin, and yeah, he's, you know, he's looking, he's looking beer fit. He's looking, he's, he's a, he's a healthy mix of beer baron and core lord tube. That's the, the Gold Coast way, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, for sure. But then you've got Fanning, who's still in his physical prime, kind of that elasto man, whippity, just fucking mm. coiled up cobra snake, weaving and <laughs> speed checking and kick stalling um, through. Just winding mazes mm. of water, tunnels of water. Um, so it kind of, I think, really plays into their their different choice for different kinds of cones, different shapes and sizes. Mm. Akira, it's uh, harks back to their abilities and physicality. But uh, on the jet ski thing, yeah, Paco, as you mentioned, you know, pa- packed thirty straight at Snapper yep. during that swell step offs. But to his credit, tried to paddle it to begin with, and uh, just you know, fucking. You're basically paddling for 200 meters to make a meter. Yeah, so no, nah, it just wasn't really practical. But behind the rock, there, it's basically a fucking rapid, mate. You're in a rapid, and you can see it in the way that the waves stand up, uh, the backwash coming off the rocks there through froggies. It's it's almost just a no go uh, on at that size, Smithy. Like only a handful of surfers will have a crack at paddling that um, if it's there, and there's no one else in the lineup. Like, I mean, why not? Mm. Why not step off? And I heard mixed reports about the jet ski etiquette at Kira. On the one heard, I heard of jet skis, you know, fucking up the lineup, waking up the lineup. Uh, I even heard from James Woods, one of the local core lords there at Kira, that he was in the pit only to watch a jet ski uh, destroy the wave in front of him as he's fucking packing one. That's just soul That's diabolical. So diabolical. hard to get one out there uh, and then have a jet ski just mm. destroy and crumble. I just wonder, you know, th- th- there's there's Shut two up. camps there, Smithy. There's there's the the jet ski believers and there's the jet ski deniers. And I just wonder, would the jet ski denier after he's just flicked off one or or, or you know found himself sort of down towards or up towards North Kira, would he not grab the rope if offered the chance to get a, a quick lift back out to the uh, takeoff spot? I think most people are going to say yes to a lift. I mean, because fuck, they're out there. So why wouldn't you? Mm. Why, you if the jet skis are buzzing around, you may as well take advantage of a free lift out the back. Um, now, Surfline, though, had this to say about mm. the jet ski saga at Kira. This is an interesting thing about Kira now on bigger days. For years, there was a lot of angst between ski drivers and paddlers around who got what share of this amazing spot on its rare bluebird days. These days, the conflict seems to have largely worked itself out. Hmm? Skis stay down the bottom half where the current is harsh and hard to paddle against while the paddlers ride the less current-affected first groin. This is what Mitch Cruz had to say about it. I think the jet ski courtesy is a rule out there now. People used to get angry about it, but it's simmered down. You know now if you're paddling to go up, and if you go down the end, that's where the skis are. You just come in and walk around again. Everyone's respecting each other a bit more. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but oh, I mean, it's a very diplomatic sort of overview of things from Cruzy there. It is, and uh, you know the jet skis down the end section. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. The rip does get pretty fucked down there, but at the same it's... token, like that's why uh, seven foot boards, eight foot boards were invented, and you know that was basically that's their realm as well. That's where you go if you got the fucking eight foot board. If you're Sam Yoon or Lockie Rambouts, and you want to go, uh, you know, get away from the crowd on your 7.6 and mm. pack a couple of rompers, that's where you go. But True. now you've got to contend with fucking jet skis and shit. I mean, the, uh, I, I guess 
for me, it's just like the reason I don't really like them is because I don't really think they're necessary. Like, uh, I just feel like, generally speaking, there's almost no conditions up on this north coast stretch that uh, a seven six uh, won't get you in and around and you know mm. functioning and getting tubes. So. Yeah, mate. Look, I, I really don't know. It does feel like lineups globally have sort of, you know, slowly come to terms with the, the balance between what are ski days and what are, you know, paddle days. And and more often than not, Smithy, it is the paddle guys who are sort of winning that argument. I mean, if anyone's out there paddling, you almost got to take your ski somewhere else. Uh, Kira's a little different just because that current does play a huge factor. But, you know... I. I don't know. I, like, I heard a lot of mixed messages coming out of that swell about, you know, the skis are just fucking skits up there. Don't bother. Uh, and also the opposite where, yeah, it was sort of, you know, figuring itself out a little bit. I mean, it's hard to argue with someone like Parco who has the skill to negotiate backwash on an eight to 10 foot sweeping right hander behind the rock when no one else is out there. Like, you know, if there's no one out there on a 7.6, then it's just cast blanche, isn't it? Well, Surely. that's it. It's, uh, it comes down to no one being out there. Um, I mean, I've got no problem with jet skis in general, and if people want to do step-offs and all that shit, it's fine. I don't mm. mind. But uh, just when they're around people, you know, humans, especially surfers, don't seem to have the capacity to self-regulate very well, whether no. it's towing hydro falling or step-off mm. surfing. They just don't seem to be able to make a call and not fucking be around humans and put humans at risk or greedily take more waves than they need and destroy other people's waves of wake. Like there's just that, that self-regulation, you know, the greed. It's uh, oh, a, it'll a reptilian test, desire. It'll test the best of us, Smithy. The greed will test the best of us, mate. I swear to God. Um, but uh, just before we, we leave uh, north of the border here, Noosa Smith was – I just love waking up in the morning and seeing the sunny coast just bombing. Like, it's not something that I used to think about very much when I was a Grom. Um, although I did, as a kid, have a lot of really good cyclone swells up on the sunny coast. I just happened to always be up there when a, when a real big one came through. And I've seen incredible waves up there. But there's something about Noosa Point, you know, the friendly, idyllic, tropical blue... Uh, palm and, and tropical forest lined shoreline there that just fucking inhabits a whole different mind space when it's eight to ten foot running down the point. Like, it just fucking something primal in me fires up, Smith, when I see Noosa throwing down waves of consequence, mate. Yeah, well, local kingpin Julian Wilson called the points maybe the best they've ever been up there on that last swell. Uh, this is what he had to say. What an incredible couple of days we just had welcoming the new year with what might have been the best swell the Noosa points have seen. Mm. Um, another surfer and shaper from up that way, Stuart Campbell, said uh, the sand's like it's never been before in history. The joint never used to barrel. Maybe a bit out near boiling pot, but now it's a straight line of sand. It's like Noosa <laughs> has got its own super bank. Um, wow. And he, he's actually got an interesting theory about why that is. The super bank appeared, and eight years later, we started getting more and more sand, he says. I wonder if there'd been a migration start to happen. First point and main beach with the classic soft logger waves. Now it's running across there like cool and gather toward Kira. Woo! Wow. Mate, Stewie Campbell, that is long time sunny coast 
core Lord royalty right there. If anyone has the fucking beans to throw down how it really is, then it's him, man. And you just don't hear the old fucking crusties talk about what's going on now with the same reverence as they did uh, from the glory days of their own youth. So huge props from Stewie there. And uh, fucking a good little shaper, mate. Good shaper. How you going, Stu? Ryan? Good to hear from you, boys. On your Stewie. Hope you got a few visions up there, brother. Now uh, to south of the border in Byron Bay, where it was super crowded with a few pretty memorable cones and a few surf etiquette abominations. <laughs> None worse than our very own co-host, oh, no. Vaughn Rinsed Corn Deadly. Now, Vaughn, uh, your indiscretion for mine summed up cyclone swells <laughs> in a nutshell. In order to get a wave during one of these things, you have oh. to commit all kinds of sins and put yourself oh, through all kinds it. of stress. And uh, you might have seen on our Instagram that Vaughn not only mercilessly faded some poor sod on his <laughs> wave of a lifetime, but the two-time gold cone piece award winner Smivy did some digging, only to find out the man was a first Australian man, <laughs> an Indigenous man. I mean, what is this, Vaughn? First you steal their land, now you steal stealing their water, their cones even, a common cone thief. Oh, Did you get the mate. days confused, Vaughn? You thought New Year's Day was actually Invasion Day? Oh, dear. Look could it. you bring this program into disrepute anymore? Could you besmirch the proud name of Ain't That Swell any further? Cooking a bunge <laughs> of man on the day of the year, on the wave of the year. I mean, sure, the year was only one day old, but uh, still... <laughs> What is a scrape? Oh, Smithy, here I am, sitting up in me fucking ivory tower. Nah, mate, I never have a blue in the surf. I've never had a run-in. I never fucking have a go at anyone, mate. It's because I'm sitting on the outside, burning any cunt who can't fucking near me. Oh, mate, look, to be honest, Smithy, this was a pure accident, man. I honestly did not even look inside me. Uh, in the shots, you can see it's, it's harmless surf, but... It loads up on that little particular section of the wreck. So, you know, you've got like this one little window to sort of put the head down, pin the ears back and, and make sure you're just not going over the falls on that bit because it's a, it's a high compact, heavy section and you can kind of see as uh, the wave goes down the line just how thick it goes. But, oh, I felt fucking so bad, man. I had no idea till I popped up uh, down the line and saw Dwayne there and he just said, you didn't even see me, did you? And I just went... Oh, no. I am fucking so sorry, man. And he, he took it uh, as it was, which I was just so fucking stoked about because it was a pure accident, man. Like, Fitzy was there, Joel Fitz, screaming, like, go, go, go. But he was screaming at Wayno, so not me. Uh, <laughs> so honest mistake, and to his credit, fuck, man. And, and like, oh, so weird, Smivy. A while back, I was telling you about a little drop-in I did on a guy, uh, Ollie, at the pass. It was a real fun morning. The bank up there has just been phenomenal for basically like five months. So uh, everyone was getting their fill just behind the rock there, right off the uh, takeoff rock. And Dwayne was out there that day. He was he was there. And he and he and uh, when I dropped in, he actually said to me, Jeez, you didn't miss that bloke, did you? And I was like, oh, you know, one of those things, man. But you're right. You... you you kind of get that cyclone fever where, you know, if you're in the spot and you think you're going, you just tend to just sort of, I don't know, get caught in the moment and, jeez, uh, I feel bad, man. And worst thing of all, I got fucking publicly shamed. Uh, yeah, Evan I mean, I was, I was interested to know what the fallout from that was, Vaughn. I mean, you didn't end up with a woke flash mob on your doorstep. <laughs> 
this the guy? Yeah. Okay. I know. This is where you tell me all about how locals rule and yuppie insects like me shouldn't be surfing the break and all that, right? <laughs> nope. That would be a waste of time. <laughs> We're just gonna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was kind of like at first uh, going, oh, geez, that that was bad. Uh, got Got through the initial... You know, apology and, and uh, the acceptance of the apology. And it still went to bed that night feeling shitty. I was trying to hunt one out on um, Insta to apologize again. And next thing, uh, you know, I see this uh, this post go up uh, from Evan Malcolm, the, uh, you know, local Byron Photog. And it just, the caption was all time. It just wrote, Snate, hashtag not cool, which I think is like trending somewhere between ScoMo's a ball bag and fucking Kanye and Kim get back together or whatever. But, oh, geez, it was a fucking, it was a bad one, mate. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just uh, pretty mad, Smithy. Nothing sums I up. I only apologise, but. Cyclone chicanery and shenanigans like a uh, classical in the tube fade on a first Australian man. Yeah. And I think that, you know, uh, he's a really good surfer. So mm. he would have just flown through that. First section and straight into the next section and probably had a real crack at making it. Um, all I can do is apologise, mate. I, I hang my head in shame. I'm, I'm ready to put my head in the stocks and just cop the uh, the public fruiting that I deserve. The fruiting, the uh, Speaking of blood-soaked which, tampons from the woke feminazis. Yeah, the... Uh, it'll the, be rough. It'll the, be rough in Byron Main Square. You don't want it. Oh, Vaughan, it's a dicey situation, mate. Don't be volunteering yourself for that because when the freaks come out of the woodwork from mm. Mullum, you just don't know where it's going to stop. I'll tell you what was tripping me out. There was just the corona explosion in that week, uh, you know, straight after New Year's, basically. And the Byron Park, like right there where the wreck is and... You know, that, that little zone was just heaving, Smithy. It was like fucking Rainbow Festival or something. Just the drum circle was popping off. Tones and I was down there doing a gig. It was just classic Byron, mate. So, yeah, uh, no one really puts their hand up or takes responsibility for anything in Byron. You just go there and cut loose and mm. pay for it afterwards. Hope you don't end Big up as a viral I hope you don't end up as a viral sensation uh, in all meanings of the word. Exactly. And a shout-out uh, just to... We're going to uh, give the Apex Predators from the Goldie a little dot for the caps, maybe. Then I think uh, Kieran Perro oh. and, and Danny Wills, mm. you know, it doesn't get more Byron than those two. They represent true Byron, you know, the bogan, fucking rural underbelly, both those guys. The and flannelette uh, wearing, cone ripping, yeah. two pig, uh, KP, of course, in his prime. Yeah, before. Heading it, the mobile, before all that fucking before bourgeois top shit. drum circle mm. fucking. Patchouli oil-smelling oil fucking myth that it is today. It was a fucking bogan farmer rugby league stronghold. Mm. And uh, I was just stoked that Willsey and KP, they threaded arguably the best pits seen on that wreck bank for the uh, entire swell. And uh, more power to the boys up the true Byron locals. Sorry, Wayne. Board socks number four. The Dahui backdoor shootout. Is a wrap in the islands, brah, and it was an absolute festival of cones, <laughs> of mortal conequence, holy mortal conequest, cone fest, packy gath and strapping because the boys and the girls were sending it, Vaughn. This is a pipey year, isn't it? 
Sometimes mm. we get to Hawaii, there's swells everywhere. Uh, you know, you sort of, your eyeballs are darting left and right like a fucking bad acid trip. You just, uh, the, the pupils have come down to a little pinprick and you just don't know what to focus on because you, you're at Jaws one day, you're at Halley over the next, you're at Sunset, you're at the Bay. Couple of pipe swells here and there. But this year, Smivy, 2022 is all about the pipe. Is it? Uh, it's just been firing, mate. Are they in a La Nina pattern over there as well? Does that extend to Hawaii? I don't know what the deal is with uh, La Nina up there in the, uh, is it South Pacific? No, Hawaii's just in the Pacific. Yeah. North Pacific? Uh, South Pacific still? It's, it's, I mean, it's pretty close Fucking to hell, Hawaii, mate. I don't even know where Hawaii is. Mm. Um, no, I'm not sure, but all I know is Pipeline is firing, bruh. And the backdoor shootout is probably some of the best we've seen this year for sure. They always score it, don't they, Vaughn? They always pick the absolute eyes out of the season. And January, February is when the pipe season really heats up, which actually goes to uh, goes to the point of having the pipe masters there in late January. Mm. A genius move by the WSL because, yeah, you can really get skunked there in December. And I think a lot of the time... The Pipe Masters, it, it, it does okay for waves, but it, it's rare that you see an entire event window run in pumping pipe. They usually have a couple of pretty reeking days, a bit of sand on the reef, or they're kind of you know getting um, swells with too much north in and, it. And, and the wind. Wind's straight. a big factor mm. in November, December in Hawaii, mate. It's just it's sort of uh, unsettled. You're getting all the, the, the front end of all those uh, first big swells, those first big uh, fronts that come through there, the weather fronts. By the time you get to mid-January, February, you're just looking at pristine conditions. I just, uh, I'm just loving the brown water. I'm loving how much movement there is. It just seems to be so thick this year. And uh, just performance-wise, oh, oh, we're on the cusp of an entirely new wave surfing pipeline. The shit John John's doing out there, shit Mason's doing out there. There's that new generation of guys, the... Uh, Baron Mamiya, obviously, from his snap part. But, mm. I mean, look at this season, the way it's stepping up. Oh, just the mind boggles what we're going to see at Pipeline, you know, in the last couple of months of this season. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the format of the Dewey contest, too. It's such a classic and bizarre event. Uh, you know, you've got basically got companies like Vulcan, Quicksilver, Dehui Wax. They've all got teams, and they're taking on countries like Peru, and Japan, who were also taking on surf films like Snapped 4, who had one of the best teams in the whole thing, Mason Ho, Baron Mia, Benji Brand, and Parker Coffin. And then you, they're up against an entire gender in women. Kiala Kennelly, Moana Wong, Bethany Hamilton, and uh, Bianca Valenti, Valenti all, uh, all mixed in. There, and all a family. Pe- the Florence family and just the put in their family. name. That's they just right. put in their team. As, they're, they're, they're family. I might get Ronnie and Alfie and fucking... <laughs> Mum together and head over there next year, Smithy. Save up. Maybe we should put a team in, Smith. What yeah. do you reckon? Uh, maybe oh. get Calm to throw down for a swelling team. Could get uh, in line with their brand values, of course. Uh, well, I mean, you've done a lot of head work. Tom Carroll, he's, he'd, he'd fit in with the uh, the Calm ethos, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. He, he does mm-hmm. a lot of uh, meditation in the mornings. Owen Wright, he'd be in there. Does a lot of uh, removal of grey matter head noise. Um, the Nanny Goat. She could get a start. Mm. Seems fairly uh, unflappable. Uh, and DJ Fisher, I reckon, as our mm. alternate, just to, you know, drop a couple of um, fluoro orange pingers, get the beats going, just to get our team up for the moment. You know, just before up. we paddle out. Gotta get us up for the moment, Vaughn. Uh, what about, what other teams do you reckon we could see in there, Smithy? What about a BCF team, the boating, camping, fishing? Uh, Mikey Wright, Otis Carey, uh, Mick Campbell, and 
Talia Redguard, they paddle out in their little plastic canoes, start flicking for the mahi-mahi in between sets. Yes, yes, I'd like to see the Lazarus team or the uh, totally resurrected seven team, perhaps Shane Herring, uh, yeah, you know, Shane Powell, Tom Curran, Chris Davidson, that kind of <laughs> shtick, just guys, 90s core lords who've you know, been through hell and back. Oh, and, I uh, love it. What they, about um, just the Shane team? Herring, mm. Powell, Horan, mm. Beshin. Mm. Oh, like that'd it. be like mental. A Shane team. Uh, uh, what about the Gillette team? You could have uh, Gabby Medina, of course. He'd be uh, Spruken. Oh, he'd be, well, first pick for the Gillette team, obviously. But uh, Chipper Wilson could probably get a start in there. He shaves down, obviously. Wendy Botha for a start in the Gillette team. Just harken back to the 1990 Playboy spread. Yes, yes. Bikini line kept well intact with the help of a couple of Gillettes. Uh, or, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great concept. But if you've got the coin, you can you can enter, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, shout out to, to Fast Eddie again, an innovator, a renaissance man. What can't he do, Vaughn? <laughs> New competitive formats mixed in with a kind of mafioso shakedown of companies and <laughs> countries and entire genders. He's a genius. <laughs> I just love that. You just put a team together, whack an elastic band around it with like, what, 30, 40 grand US and bang. You're in, mate. You're away. <laughs> Cone on. Oh, I love it. But um, yeah, it is a fucking interesting way to, to, to run an event. And full credit to them, mate, because it's just fucking pipe specialists at the end of the day all having a crack. And the other thing is uh, the team performances, but but the individual performances within those teams. Mm. There's just been fucking standouts galore. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic to see it at play. You know, you had the women there with Kiala Kennelly, uh, Bethany, Moana Wong, and Bianca. And there was, you know, no prizes for guessing who was the apex predator in that scenario. Mm. Kiala Kennelly just helping herself to more than she probably deserved. And I don't know if she even made one, but she went about fucking 10 straight. Uh, and then uh, Moana Wong, you know, getting the one, as you'd expect, uh, you know, put and paid two J-O-Bs. Description of her is the best female pipe surfer in the world right now. She got a proper fucking nugget. Yeah. Um, pretty skits to see chicks getting blown out of fucking Mondo oh, man. at the Pipolina. Yeah. What Wong is the surfer that women surfing has been waiting for at pipe? Like no doubt about it. Women have always charged. We've we've known that. We've seen fucking you know since Jericho Poplar and uh, Margot Oberg and. Real Sun and Jody Cooper, you know, trailblazers at, at the big Hawaiian Rochelle open Ballard. water waves. R- Rochelle Ballard, up, you know, an absolute, absolute swelling queen on the reefs. Uh, Lane over there with Kenny, broke new ground. KK, obviously, you know, the, the shit she's done at Chopes. And uh, that leads, you know, through to today with um, Mike Gabera and uh, Justine Dupont, yes. Paige Arms. I mean... There's a lot of charging. There's a lot of egg jam there, Smivy. But Wong is a pipeline specialist, though, mate. Like someone who knows the waves, like knows which ones and knows what she wants. And the standard, like the the takeaway for me was that you could see it in those heats, the difference between her and KK. Someone who has the ability and charges compared to someone who surfs it a lot, knows which ones are going to stay open. KK just got fucking... Annihilated out there, Smith. Yeah, she was going mad. I mean, she was getting these proper kind of second reef capping roll-ins. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, because they let you in early, you can kind of be tricked into thinking it's a mental one, but they often pinch and go a bit foamy and weird and wobbly. But it's the, it's the inside ones that 
jack and nug and double up and go really mm. Moana was all over them like a rash. A shout out to Bethany Hamilton, the fucking Kawaiian, one-armed, all-time inspirational, sporting, life in general, G-O-A-T, mm. absolutely sending it on day one, uh, you know, fucking an under-the-lip takeoff. You know, she has that kind of a uh, little suction cup arm bar on the nose of her board, which mm. she uses to kind of sink back in and just spring out like a, an arrow. And she fucking tried to stick like a little trapdoor spider just zap uh, on an eight to ten foot wave and just got fucking obliterated, absolutely atomized, but straight out there the following day. And uh, you know, trying to pack a man one armed a pipe, it just she's, fucking is spellbinding. She's not human, man. She's she's gone beyond the realm of human. And in fact, she's demigod. She's she mm. is. And I fucking might sound the alarm here. Word, word, she's a land alert, Smitty. Mm. She is in the company of the great lead. I mean, are they related? Has has anyone got to the bottom of this? Surely your two times gold cone piece award winner must know if Laird and Bethany Hamilton are related. Yes, well, I mean Surely, Smitty. Surely. On these Pacific islands, uh, the genetic pooling can get quite small. Mm. Um, there is only so many uh, you know, second cousins, third cousins you can cycle through until you start really <laughs> pooling the gene pool. Um, I mean, Mate. Easter Island, Rapa Nui is a classic example. Uh, mm. That place, uh, you know, they exhausted the second cousin route or route uh, you know, eons ago. Mm. And as a result, uh, look, I mean, you'd have to ask the great avocado farmer, Cole Christensen, what's really going down over there. He's Spent you know eight months there as a nineteen year old packing lava cones, mm. but uh, yeah, Maui, Kauai, you know, if you were to do a DNA test, you're going to find there is a lot of shared genetics and a lot of second and third cousins, and uh, you'd have to suggest the Laird Bethany connection. You know, I don't want to well, speak uh, out of turn here, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be drawn along by the state exists. Smithy, even if they're not, surely scientists have approached both Laird and Bethany, um, farmed a bit of seed out of the great man, mm. taken a little sample of the egg juice from Be- uh, Bethany, made a little super smoothie, um, and, and just see what comes of it. See what comes of it. Surely there is, or maybe it's Kyle Lenny. Is that what was born of the, the Bethany and Laird? Super brew. Yeah, I mean, with all the testing and genetic splicing they're doing with Monsanto over there, surely at some point <laughs> we can, uh, you know, convert that to uh, genetic splicing for good and oh, not evil. Yes. Uh, no more you know, genetically modified crops. I want some genetically modified tube pigs mm. with ears growing in their back. Yeah, well, all hail mighty Bethany Hamilton. What a fucking freak. And proving yet again, Smith, that, uh, you know, she knows no bounds. There is no such thing as impossible for that woman. It's incredible. Remember that world tour event at Fiji a few years back, and she went deep. You know, she was up against the world's best. You know, you know, she was not getting any any free tickets or special she help. Made the semis, she, I mean, mate. she made the semis, packing Pacific cones with one arm against the world's best yeah. surfers. There is no sporting result I can think of in the history of fucking sport. That even comes close to that. I guess the, the Blade Runner. That's right, the Blade Runner. But and, things uh, I mean, didn't... let's not yeah. reflect oh, on hey. what we can't Wow. That's uh, he. Moving right along. Yes. But uh, other highlights from the event, Vaughn, a Mason Ho <laughs> clinic, mm. conical clinic that you'd expect from the psychedelic 
herb warrior, plant medicine, confina. Yeah. I think probably the highlight for me was that tripped out frontside layback reverse grip thing he does, which mm. he then kind of pulled up into this high line, switched the grip into a conventional pig dog and just made another crazy mm. section of pipe tube. Probably the most functional version of that move he's ever done. Mm. Um, I'm sure you, you saw a bit of that. Vaughan. I did. I did. I just, uh, you know, with Mason, waves are there to be surfed to the beach. Like they're, they're not to be, you know, you get your glory moment. You've had your big spray in the back of the head. It, it's like, Mate, there's still fucking two foot of surf here. I'm just going to do a little fucking chop hop, or I'm going to do the uh, the classic uh, ode to Curran. Hand jive. Uh, yeah, mini hand jive cut down, which uh, you'll recall from the, you know, probably one of the great backdoor tubes of, of modern times. Curran there, uh, you know, basically wrestling the foam ball like it was a wild bull and then just coming out and doing the little MP steezy on the uh, outside section. But I just love that Mace, it, it, whether it's 15 foot, or one foot, he's getting the same amount of joy out of that wave, and, and, he, and he milk it all the way through. It's a mm. fucking joy to watch, Don't mate. waste the energy, I don't, know, bro. I don't know how. I don't know how much more you can just heap praise on this guy, but I think he just reminds us that surfing is fun every single time he gets to his feet. It's a, it's a fucking gift to us all, Smitty, and I love Mason for it. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there calling him, you know, the best surfer in the world, or at least their favourite surfer, which is interesting because, you know, stylistically, when the waves aren't barreling, I wouldn't say he's anywhere near the top yet. I would also have to say that, you know, he is probably my favourite surfer, and it's because of what you said. He just brings back the the feeling. He gives you, he makes you feel it. Warms your cockles. It warms your synapses. Warms your cerebellum. Puts a bit of fig jam back into the cone. It's a little Macy blanket to tuck mm. you in at night. Make you feel real nice. Mm. Yeah, uh, I just love I, I reckon um, that style that you're talking about, though, there's something like, oh, well, it's obvious what it is, but it's a direct line to the the family, you know. Uh, sorry, it's a direct connection to the family line. The family, oh, the sorry, family I line. Going into some, uh, oh, no, 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 Manson no, family, no, 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 no. But you know, like it's it's Michael, it's Derek, it's sort of old school Hawaiian. It's it's really tapped into the mana of uh, you know that real traditional Hawaiian approach. So when I watch his style, I feel connected to something deeper. Yeah, put it this way, Smith. There's no schooling there. Like, there's nothing unnatural about the way that Mace approaches waves. No, and I think the style you're talking about is in the context of interstellar, interdimensional, conical time travel. Mm. Uh, when the waves exactly are tubing, that. he is the guy. And um, we talk about you know, gene, gene splicing and genetically modified tube pigs, and I um, mean, we know what kind of experiments have been going on mm. over there in the islands, Brat, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's been a little bit of tinkering uh, from test tube A, test tube B, and mm. test tube C mm. that's gone into producing Mason because he, I mean, well, maybe they don't need to even. I mean, the, the lineage, the core lineage is so deep, and, uh, you know, it's, it's Hawaiian interstellar conical time travel royalty. It is. Represented on every side of that family tree going right mm. back uh, to the To the Han granddad. dynasty, mate. To the Han dynasty. When the Chinese ancestors first came to Hawaii. 
And he's well, Mason was grand- telling. Yeah, that's you, right. You, yeah, we, we know this story. Yeah, the great granddad. 14 kids. I mean, surfing wasn't a big deal then, but far out he explored some tubes of his own in a different <laughs> fashion. He ran his 6'3", thrust a spear through as many tubes as you can imagine. Mm. Came up with a brood of 14 little cone pigs. I think Mason was telling me that, uh, you know, he's great-great-great-grandfather who uh, first came over was just a tiny little fisherman, but his great-great-great-great-grandmother who he fell in love with when he came over was a, a fairly, uh, fairly, uh, hmm, how do you say this? Robust. Uh, robust. Uh, robust. Uh, man-eater. Yeah, um, a Rubenesque woman. And uh, she took a ton of that little fisherman and the, uh, <laughs> the whole family have, uh, you know, basically taken that energy and just delivered nothing but surf and joy to the rest of the world. And we love them for it. Keep it coming, hoes. Oh, uh, and uh, other highlights from the event. Ballaram stacks 11. 11 out of 10. I love, you know, what a renaissance man fast Eddie is. Just <laughs> spinal tapping the WSL scoring sheet. Just giving it a, a fuck you at every corner. Best out of 10? What about best out of 12? What, what's wrong with that, hey? Oh, stop it at 10. You just imagine the flexing going on down the beach. Oh, so like, much flexing. Like no one in a CT heat can get a better score than Balaram Stack. No one. So Fast Eddie has thrown down the gauntlet yet again, Smithy. <laughs> and uh, what a fucking death drop to Monster Pipe Chamber it was from one of the best tube riders in the world. And a mad psycho not mm. to boot from nowhere else but New York. New yeah. York, New York, the greatest tube rider <laughs> since Ricky Rasmussen, who met a grizzly end with a fucking mm. magnum in the head, mm. a dodgy drug deal in Harlem. But, uh, I mean, yeah, geez, they have an incredible strike rate, don't they, New York, for churning out psycho not tube pigs? I mean, Ricky Rasmussen, a psycho not drug slinging maniac of fucking. Absolutely, uh, you know, Al Capone proportions. Mm. But then, fuck, probably one of the best tube riders of his generation, G-Land Maestro. Mm. I think he's got some of the best tube rides out of anyone out there mm. in the 70s. Yeah, pretty psycho, isn't it? I mean, the New York's links, New York's sort of uh, claws, the, the, the brief little interludes they've had with pro surfing, uh, whether it be surfers from New York or, or surfers having adventures in New York. So maybe it, it's an interesting story, mate, and, and I think that if we ever get over there to America, we're heading to New York, mate. Mm. We're going to go and dig deep because um, from memory, the Peter Troy Diaries uh, have an interesting story about his little uh, whip into New York. He went to a party uh, there one night. Uh, just uh, He's a uh, sack a, full of mushies and cigarettes still the, on his the, back. The, the, Hessian, is, the Hessian sack, which the he dragged all through Indonesia. He never parted with that Hessian the, sack the, the full of The great Australian trailblazing, surf travel, icon guru, fucking counterculture, legend, Hall of Famer too, Peter Troy. Well, that's uh, one of the first uh, mycelium magnates to make the Hall of Fame, surely. Must have been the- oh, there's a couple in there. Shane Rand's uh, well, you know, well-placed amongst his peers there in the Hall of Fame. But So, yeah, Peter Troy gets to New York, ends up at a party, writes this uh, letter home to his mum, uh, prolific letter writer, and he said, yeah, went to this party last night, met these uh, four guys from Liverpool. They said they were in a band called The Beatles or something, but um, yeah, it turns out, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, I showed him a couple of bars. Not really my cup of tea. You think that's music? I was waiting music? for Biohazard and Slayer to kick in. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's music? This is music. I play this to a crowded room in La Gaudry, and we ain't shit. <laughs> Fuck off back to Hamburg and play your cover songs there. <laughs> yeah. You nobodies, I told uh, them where to go. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, 
I've actually read that letter and this fucking band from Liverpool talking about taking acid mm. in India and whatnot. And yeah. Soul and rubber soul. Troy said, fucking mate, I've been eating acid since I was in the womb. <laughs> and talk to me about lysergic journeyman. I wrote the book on the shit. You yeah. fucking has been. But never we gotta, do well. We got to get up there, Smith. Um, New York, a lot of good surfing, a lot of good. Kidman spends a lot of time up there too, so uh, mm. he might be a good guest to get on when we start diving deeper. His wife, of course, Michelle, mm. uh, the regular wildcat, New York native. So mm. um, yeah, I'm sure they've got uh, plenty of good stories for us to share. But Ballaram Stack, uh, as you said, same as uh, Ricky. Just a wild, wild thing for one of the great pipe surfers of this generation to come from. A fucking city that really, you know, doesn't have that sort of surf. Nah. It's just that Florida complex all over again. It's all it's always the way, isn't it? Those Floridian kind of uh, the Sunny small coast. wave hustlers, the, the New Jersey, New yeah. York wave hustlers, uh, the Carolina wave hustlers. When they get the opportunity to spend time in a zone like Hawaii, like Ballaram mm. has via the Volcom House, mate, they will live, you know, they will sleep standing up in a broom pantry for the opportunity to surf cones and more coniquins on the reg. And that's exactly what he's done. He's built his entire career off the back of having a fucking shitty little sweaty moldy mattress at the Vulcan Pipe House and he's just fucking smashed the joint on every conceivable swell direction and condition to the point he is now one of the best tube riders in the world. Not only that, you'll see him at Desert Point and the grower dropping lysergic onto a frangipani, scoffing the whole thing, <laughs> and surfing for eight hours, packing his pineal gland to the brim like a little New York madman he is. Well played. Mm. Well played indeed. Well played indeed. A uh, couple other quick highlights. Jack Robbo, mental backdoor chamber in his heat Ooh. with the Vulcan team. Uh, Ooh, one of only a couple of world tour surfers in the draw there. Zeke Lau, John John Florence with the others. That's a huge advantage leading into uh, the January Pipe oh, Masters. Mate. Also crazy to think, uh, Jack Robbo, as far as I know, he's spent the fucking entire time in Hawaii. I don't know if he's even been back to Australia. He, he cares for nothing except the Vige, the Vortex Shaman Smithy. Mm. That's all he cares about. Um, I know you haven't had a listen yet, but uh, in the uh, Swillians versus Owen Wright episode just dropped uh, a couple of days ago, Owen says in that interview, you know, Jack Robbo is top five world title contender this year. Just wow. outs it straight away, uh, backs that up by saying it'll be uh, an Australian one-two gold rush in uh, Chopes. He says himself and Jack Robbo will be the Irukundjis in 2024. And No, no, he's just fucking throwing it out. He's already got the fucking medals draped around his neck and Robbo's neck. <laughs> and it just blows my mind when I think about that sort of thing, Smith, because our great world title hope for this year, for 2022, if you believe Owen Wright, is a kid who was homeschooled, brought up not on fucking geonometry and trigonometry and algebra and English and social studies. He was brought up on Trevlosophy, mate. Trevlosophy. I'm talking about non-structure. It's about as fucking unstructured <laughs> as a childhood could get. And here he is, possibly an Olympic gold medalist and world champion 
I mean, fuck, it says a lot for homegrown, oh. free-range childhoods, mate. In Trev, we trust the wisdom of a cone-packing, cone-ripping, prawn-trawling, cone-spiritist <laughs> par excellence. <laughs> and Jeezy's filled his son with just the perfect amount of head noise to push him on his way and set a trajectory for greatness for mm. one. And I, for one, cannot wait for 2022 to unfold. I'm predicting, you know, by the time... The, uh, the tour passes G-Land. You know, Jack Robbo, he's almost going to have an unassailable ratings lead. Mm, could be. Could be that way. I feel, I feel Smithy, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again just now, because we've got a massive Blitzed episode coming up. The pipe preview will be uh, dropping in the next week uh, or two. But I just can't wait to get stuck into that with you, because mm. there's no way, man, there's no way known to man that we're not going to see... Some uh, ne'er-do-wells pull their finger out of their fucking dots and have a fair income crack in 2022, mate. And Australian surfing, I'm talking to you. Just a uh, quick Surfline Swell Signature sign-off because we love, love getting this. into the yeah, okay. data and metrics of cone systems of mortal coneoquence. Mm. Uh, the storm location and movement was... Uh, we actually had two systems. This is for the backdoor shootout. Two systems, one that tracked from the Bering Sea. The Bering Sea, isn't that where they catch those big fucking spanner crabs up near Alaska? Mm. One that, So it's tracked from the Bering Sea to the Gulf of Alaska, while another that tracked eastward across the northwest Pacific and stalled. So think about the distance these swells are traveling to just fold on a random piece of rock mm. that lifts out of absolute nothingness Amazing. and abyss and just folds right where JJF is being there don't be there. Pack the cone, Vige. That's right. So when a wave breaks here, don't be there. Are you going to get drilled? Peak storm intensity, Gulf of Alaska storm, 976 uh, hectopascals, a low flanked by a 1044 high, and that was uh, a northwest Pacific storm. Strongest storm wind and seas. The Gulf of Alaska storm was a fairly large fetch of 40 to 60 knots and seas up to 40 feet. 40 uh, feet seas. And the other storm had a medium-sized fetch of 35 to 45 knots and seas up to 30 to 33 feet. Hell of a combo swell, Vaughn. Do you think John John Florence is, is tapped into this surf line info or does he just do the Lance Armstrong pre... You know... Apparently Lance Armstrong, before it came out, that he was just uh, on the EPO like an absolute wild man. Was uh, He used to have his earthing blanket. You know, all the, the cyclists used to sort of uh, perpetuate this myth that if you earthed at night, you would heal quicker. Is that right? Do you think that, uh, you know, uh, well, John John had uh, out to be a myth, didn't it, an, an electric blanket with, uh, like I don't know, five sort of um, extension leads that just drip all the way down into the Pacific. And he just charges himself up nightly on uh, the juice, the Aloysian juice. It's definitely one strategy. I think uh, another is just to simply come out and uh, scrape the residue from the coconut, mix it in a test tube with uh, some cane toad juice, uh, drop a couple of acai berries in there, shake well, sip it, and then stick your tongue out and lick the breeze. And uh, I know that that gives you a pretty accurate read on where the fetch, what direction it's coming from, from the Bering Sea, uh, whether there's a combo swell in the mix. Yeah. Hmm. There's many different ways, Vaughn, as we know in the islands, bro. There is.
Board Socks number three. The 25th Burley Single Fin Festival of Surfing Shenanigans is finito with Smithy at the helm, dosed to fuck on a tainted batch of dried apricots steering the ship. <laughs> and, right. Am I led to believe that the broadcast was influenced by other realms? Well, potentially. I mean, uh, look... I didn't know exactly what I was uh, ingesting at the time. It was just a, a packet of dried apricots wrapped in foil mm. and singularly you know, spread out, given to me by the great Swellian core lord, Rastafarian uh, man. Told to uh, <laughs> take on a special occasion. Um, didn't tell me what exactly they were or mm. what they were going to do to me. But, uh, you know, there's no Always more. good move, ingesting things handed to you by a Swellian uh, randomly without any other explanation as to what might be going on. That's right. That's right. That's uh, never backfired. No, never. Never never backfires. But, you know, I made sure to use it on a special occasion. And there is no more special occasion than the Burley Single Fin Festival of Surfing Shenanigans. Uh, so there I was on the mic with my good mate, Stay Scouth Brave, um, who I also, you know, offered a, a dried apricot. Uh, and uh, he, he ingested. He, uh, you know, thought, oh, well, he went in uh, Rome. Well, who doesn't Burley, love dried fruit? Or- who doesn't love dry fruit? No, it's delicious. Uh, a couple of competitors may have also dipped into the packet. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it was a great day. Mm. Um, crowned by a boil-over victory to Matty Job, the local call lord, Pipping Bots and Micah Marguson in the Opens final. In controversial circumstances. I was actually – that's my favourite weekend of the whole year, surf comp-wise or surf event-wise. It's, uh, it's a throwback, Smithy. Uh, the Burley crew are just uh, on another planet. In the best way possible. You know, you get up there, it's a, it's a full brotherhood, a sisterhood, a, a surf community that is still as tight as anywhere else in the world. Uh, they've really held on to their heritage, but they they feed into the next generation. And the Matty Jobs win, uh, I had the COVID, couldn't get up there responsibly, had to uh, just, you know, give it a flick this year. But when I saw that Matty Job had won, when I saw that Brizzo had won, uh, Paul Brizzo Man Sermon I was just frothing, mate, because you're talking about a couple of uh, hardcore lokes who go in it every year, and just to take the uh, the prize mm. off the uh, the blowings that yeah. come up from the other side of the creek, it's just uh, it's the way it should be. Yeah, that's right, and you know, absolutely no concerns over the objectivity of the judging nah. whatsoever. Nah. Um, you know, it was just a, a, a classical performance by burly surfers in front of a parochial home crowd and some parochial home judges. Mm. And it was a great day. Uh, Macy Callahan took it out for the women with a couple of classical, steezy speed floats on a single fin. Did, and did some, you get a, a, a bit of a feel for where Macy's at? Is, yeah, she is... looked great. She looked incredible. I mean, fresh off packing a go-go gadget, Kira Cone, mm. Tropical Cyclone, Seth. Uh, straight out there in the single fin, besting her old mate, Shimmy Disco Doyle, my co-commentator. Um, Paco, unfortunately, copped the blast of the Rona and had to withdraw after day one. Mm-hmm. Matt Hoy laid down the turn of the event, in that my is, opinion. A that fucking is fucking... Skits, single oh, mate. meat slice yeah. deluxe. <laughs> How was your fucking loins after you saw oh. that go down? Were they just fizzing? Seeping, fizzing, yeah. fucking hard and soft at the same time. When I saw that turn on the gram, I was fucking transported back to being 13 years old, getting the O'Neill ozone flick for the first time, whacking it in the VCR and just getting transported to the House of Hack, courtesy of Hoy. I was fucking blown away by that turn, Smithy. Me and Stace called it live and uh, you know it was not an easy section to hit. He kind of had this weird, like, 
there was like two waves in one. He had to hop over um, a little warble wedge thing and then still managed to just fucking drop the hammer just before the closeout foam bit. Just picked the perfect spot and just fucking carved the wave, cleaved it in half. It was such a mental turn. And somewhere between the dried apricot, the glare in my eyes, and the sheer mise-en-scene mm. ambiance, if you will, of the single fin event, I just felt a pure euphoric enraptured joy <laughs> that I've not felt in many a year, Vaughn. I just don't know how north of 50 you can go out on a single fin, which is a fucking nightmare to do a really hard sharp turn on you know like singlies want to be drawn out like they, they don't let you take shortcuts to, to to bury a fucking mad hack to change direction that hard on one it's just the stuff of fucking pure surfing man like it it, it shows you just how good a surfer matt hoy is and I, that's that's why it took me back i was going mm-hmm. this is the kind of surfing that spoke to me when i was a grom and, uh, yeah, full flashback to just the glory days of absolute rail surfing at its pure finest, mate. You know, they're hard to surf. They demand a pure line and a pure wave read. Um, you know, and, and a lot of turns feel like fucking horseshit. They on do. Him. But that's because, you know, you're not, you know, testing or you're not syncing up with the equipment the way it's meant to be. And when you do sync up with it all, when you do drop the hammer right in the spot, you get the high line right, you get the bottom turn right, and you get the cleave right, there is no more satisfying no. feeling in surfing. And, and the other fucking uh, big plus for that is when you do get it right, nothing looks better. Like, I mean, a shortboard looks like a joke when you get a good turn right on a single fin, mate. Like, so true. It's just uh, it's the best feeling you can have uh, other than getting the vidge. Hundred percent, uh, Glindo, Jai Glindo, now man, fucked his knee doing a foam. No, I don't know what the ultimate prognosis is there. Rico Haybiddle, the fizzy, jazzy little grommet from Burley one. Rico, fuck, he surfs good from uh, Puerto Rico. And local maniac Brizzo taking out the Masters. On your Brizzo, on your mate. Um, and hey. I mean, I for me though, Vaughn, for me a personal highlight. Mm. Uh, you know, look, day two of the event, as you know, Vaughn is a challenge for everyone involved. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, uh, you know, well, the- generally speaking, they have a big fundraising lunch on the Friday. So uh, on the first morning, the Saturday morning, that, that lunch ends about 4.30 in the morning on Saturday morning. Right. First heat paddles out at lunch. 6. It's a long lunch. Yeah, and then that morning, you'll never see that clammy, uncomfortable... Pallid. Just sweat. You know, it's, it's like that, that green-skinned... Uh, upper lip sweat. Mm. Every single person at the entire event has it. They all stink. Everyone stinks. Mm. Mm. Uh, and it's only the uh, it's only the uh, the uh, coconut oil that you know Burley Point is absolutely just soaked in mm. from years and years of uh, events out there. That's the only thing that that masks that putrid mm. sort of hungover. Dog sweat from the night before. But by the time you get to Sunday, oh, oh how, how sore are It's you? hard, Yaka. I mean, thankfully, it was a godsend that the luncheon was canned this year. Bought everyone just a little bit of time. Mm. Uh, so some, you know, extra little... There was a little bit of surplus serotonin and endorphins heading into day two, but fuck it wore off quick, Vaughn. Uh, <laughs> the day one torch off, the, you know, it, it always leaves people a little underdone, and uh, Smithy was no different. 
so it was possibly not the greatest idea to have a nibble on some cosmic apricot. Yet I did. And it all worked out in the end with the help of a, f- a few strategic Wim Hofs and a bit of meditating <laughs> under Stace's stool when uh, the going got really tough there at about 10, 11 a.m. on day two. Uh, yeah, Stace and Rab's on the mic and there was Smithy just in Zen mode, full lotus under his chair, mm. meditating. Uh, and I've got to say, you know, staring into the glare as the surfers contested the final uh, few heats in the final one to two foot onshore dregs of TC Seth while high on acid. You know, we were entering the realm of the Mint 400 born that famously <laughs> sent Hunter S. Thompson off the yeah. rails in Vegas. Yeah. Fortunately, I had bugs, none other than Rabbit Bartholomew riding shotgun with me instead of that Samoan lawyer and his fucking stories. Bugs are stories that he's kept my mind off the bats sweeping me and trying to rip my head off and mm. shit pellets down my neck. So, uh, you know, oh. to bugs... Here's one of the better ones from the day because he told a fucking absolute cavalcade of stoinkers that had me in stitches. Mm. He's an icon. We're going to be doing something with him later in the year, just giving Swellians the chance to pay their respects to one of the all-time greats, if not the all-time great that this convict colony has ever produced. OA, Order of Australia. You could never beat a desperate surfer. I mean, at airports, we used to travel on these bogus... uh, these bogus air tickets with these revalidation stickers, right? <laughs> and I went all around the world in this ratty old ticket I bought in Bali. It was so bogus, it was unbelievable. And by the time I got to my last flight from Honolulu to uh, Sydney, uh, right at the end, I've been travelling on this thing for seven months, I had a, a stack of revalidation stickers, one on top of the other, and the guy at the airport lifted it up and looked at the bottom one and saw Bali, you know... Kutu, like, and he just looked at me and, and then he went, you know what, just get out of here. <laughs> I've seen your climb before. Yeah, um, Raggedy ass, shoestring, taking the piss service, get out of here. Too much, too much paperwork. <laughs> just beat it, get out of here. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. I know, it was it's so great. I mean, surfers were just, we had to be... Not scammers, but we, we had to be just Honest scammers, mate. You, you weren't hurting anyone. You just no. want to, you know, get a couple tubes. I mean, there was a great yeah. tradition of it. I mean, Mickey Dora was the original, and, and we went, well, this is how you get around the world. I mean, if you can beat the airlines, catch me if you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, guys are paying their way around the world for any means possible, uh, Yeah, as we know. I mean, the G-Land guys, McKay, Ricky Rasmussen, William. Oh, I mean, there was names. that chapter. There was... Uh, oh. You know, every every they left no stone unturned in their quest to chase tubes and uh, chase ratings points, and mate, you had to do what you had to do in those days. So, and, and all it meant was that, like, if you won a thousand dollars, you got to spend an extra three months in Hawaii. Fantastic! What a result! So it was it was desperation stakes. I remember, you know, spending my last ten dollars uh, in Hawaii at the uh, Kualima Smorgas Board, <laughs> and uh, loading I, up I, on a plate lunch. And I walked out of there with. Uh, roast beef stacked around my my waist, <laughs> and we got down the beach the next morning. Waimea Bay was twenty five feet, right? And for the final, it was twenty five for Waimea. And we got down there. And this is where the reputation came from. And 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 the, these Hawaiian guys came down and said, "Man, those Aussies, they're animals. They're savages. Yeah. They're, they're down there drawing, chewing on raw meat." <laughs> it was the, not it was, quite raw. It's come from the plate lunch. It was. Prime roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's some funny old, stories, but, but you know, cool. we had to win our way to the next event. Oh, I mean, and we're all in the same boat, you know. There was no sponsorship. 
and uh, it was kind of cool. Like that, that you know, we had a lot of camaraderie, really. Unbelievable. No sharing, but camaraderie. Unbelievable, yeah. Board socks number two. White chocolate has a gummy leg, but he's back and talking world titles ahead of 2022, Vaughn. <laughs> oh, okay. The injury first. Let's get into the injury. Right uh, a serious knee injury that needed surgery and put him out for a few months. Um, and, you know, this is just such a classic story in the lives of elite surfers. Uh, another gluttonous tube gorgeathon gone Ori. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just seems to be the way. Once you've packed more tubes than you can remember, it's probably time to go in because a serious injury is just around the corner. We saw what happened to Billy Camper in Morocco, now Geordie Smith, and I feel like it's just karma for unadulterated tube gluttony. Mm. Be it decreed here in this swelling holy book of teachings, once you have packed uh, your thousandth mm. tube, go in, cunt, and put it on <laughs> ice because you're about to get fucked up mm. and uh, you're going to cost yourself many more tubes in the long run. Agreed. Um, you know, I look at tube riding as a game of percentages and I reckon one out of, say, every 500 pits that you don't make your board will crack you, cut you, you'll hit the bottom hard, or you'll get pretzeled on the sand. And the strike rate goes up exponentially as wave size increases. So at six to eight foot, we're talking one out of every 50 waves, I'd say, is going to fuck you up. And, uh, you know, eight to 10 foot, you're talking one out of 10 or 15 is going to fuck you up, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair uh, guesstimation? Mate, uh, if if you're using maths, I'm not going to argue. Yes, well... uh, Maths is never wrong. No. Um... So anyway, but he's all, he's all but mended, and uh, he's talking the whole talk ahead of 2022. He uh, got a runner-up at the Bolito QS 5000 to mark his comeback. He'll turn 34 in February, making him the second oldest surfer on tour behind Kelly Slater. Mm. Um, and here's what he had to tell Stab Magazine about the rehab process. I've learned a lot through this particular rehab process. I want to be the strongest I've ever been in my legs and work more on my flexibility. That's been my goal. On world titles, Vaughn, that's always the goal. Obviously, duh, said Geordie. (laughs) I'm set on a world title in 2022, just like I am every other year. It's the reason to compete. Having said that, my first and foremost goal is to get to Hawaii and continue the training and then try to win Pipe and Sunset. That's basically my goal right now. I don't look too far into the future. I always just look at the bridge in front of me, and that's Hawaii. Mm. I just want to work on what it will take to get wins there. But Vaughn, the big news, the big, big news out Mm. of the white chocolate camp was this. Um... There's been a couple of significant changes in the white chocolate program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this will come as a shock to a lot of surf fans. Okay. Uh, probably the biggest change is this. Uh, he's talking about his route from uh, South Africa to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, my route to Hawaii will go from Cape Town to Johannesburg to Dakar to Los Angeles, then to Hawaii. It's totally the long way around. But there's no need to go and hang somewhere off the red list for two weeks, which is excellent. The other thing is, with South Africa just opening up for travel, the tickets are super expensive. So it's economy class with the Grom the whole way. Oh, Here nah. we come. I mean, what a fall from grace it's been for. And this was the guy who once was at the center of a bidding war between Nike and several surf companies uh, with the shoe wear giant famously sending him the shoe that Ronaldo scored a World Cup final hat-trick in. Mm. Uh, they got Tiger Woods to give him a call to try and talk him around. I think they got Michael Jordan to send him an email. <laughs> uh, now this. So uh, he's just going to be another 
commoner back there in cattle class, Ooh. wedged between a morbidly obese type 2 diabetic and a screaming baby, stifling a gag over a freshly microwaved foil packet of chicken cordon bleu, stopping over in Chinese Taipei, KL, and Auckland, Sydney, and finally Melbourne on his way to the Bells Beach Classic. You know what it all spells to me, Vaughn? Mm. Grit! <laughs> I smell grit. Uh, This could be Mm. the end of white chocolates, middle of the road melts. This could be the fresh injection of rage in the guts that he needs. Mm. Nothing puts a rocket up you like a 14-hour layover in Chinese Taipei. Oh, a little window into the real world, eh? Let's see how that fucking goes down with the old chockey. Look, mate, uh, it's weird, Smitty. Like, I kind of looked at uh, Geordie's year away from tour to really similar as like, you know when your friends have a baby? You know, you're like, your mates have a baby... You see the baby, you visit the baby. Got to see the and then, baby. And then, like, you, you go to the next party and you go, oh, how's the baby? And they go, oh, yeah, they've just finished school. They're off to uni. You're like, what the f- – what? You know, you're like, <laughs> what, when did that happen? It's uh, it's so weird. But Geordie's year off, like, I felt like he left. He was one of the best servers in the world. And he got back and he's 34. He's, this, he's the oldest guy on tour other than Kelly. It's like, when did that happen? How, mm. and, and then you look around and you go, hang on, where's his contemporaries? Where's Jules? Mm. He's gone. He's retired. And uh, – you know, the, the time is ticking for the for the white chockey. Like, every single year, you and I sit here and we're like, this is his year. This has got to be it. Like, they're, they're coming through hot. They're coming through strong. The generation below doesn't give a fuck about you or your reputation, mate. Mm. Um, and we we just like, – this is so make or break for Geordie, it's not even funny. Um, but if we're going to look at is there form? For a guy like Geordie at this stage of his career to win world titles, and there's plenty, mate. There's plenty of fucking examples of guys who have come from nowhere to do this. And uh, Oki's probably the, the the leading one where you go like 33 years old. Uh, at that point, was the oldest world title winner ever. Uh, came back from uh, you know time out of the game and used that motivation, used that grit, used that sort of like little period away from everything to go. Oh, okay, take stock and. And maybe I've got one last crack at this. And Fanning is another one who, uh, you know, had all that potential in the world. Was admittedly a bit younger and hadn't quite hit full, full, you know, uh, cyborg zone yet. But mm. it was an injury that that lit the fuse and got him into a headspace that, you know, delivered world titles. Parco is another one. Guy who basically uh, had to lose one before he could win one. Like, you know... What was it? Four out of five event wins for the mm. opening. Two thousand and nine. Something like that. Untouchable. Untouchable. But uh, cop that really bad injury. Injuries galvanise people's mm. focus, man. They really do. And Geordie has got fucking one year, I think, to to fucking tie this into a little package and use it because it's terrifying the generation that it, the generations that are coming up that are nipping on his heels. Like they've they've taken every single thing that he was the king at and betted it. You know, the air game, the power game. John John, for example, is just so fucking on another planet at the moment. Uh, anyone beating him at any wave in Hawaii is going to be a fucking challenge. Mm. And, and the Brazilians are just, they're going over to Hawaii expecting to win as well. Mm. Like, you, you don't see Gabe and Idolo paddling out on a, you know, a first reef fucking eight-foot swell, a second reef 15-foot swell. They're going to paddle out thinking they're going to win the comp. 
They paddle out in conditions like that, and they're instantly at home. Yeah, it's and it's like after spending you know an entire off season partying with Neymar in mansions. Mm. They paddle out a ten to twelve to fifteen foot second reef capping pipeline. Yeah, and just with dry hair. Pack the fucking romper of the event. And, and look at like what Jack Robbo, John John, and let's say uh Kalani is going to be have a lot of time in he, uh, at pipe under his belt now. It's it's scary for Jordy because I mean as much as he lives over there and he gets you know good waves at Pipeline now, like those guys have had a whole season of packing it. So it's it's now or never for for Jordan Smith, man. Mm. And uh, I personally. Don't want to put the fucking swelling hoodoo on him by saying this is his year, but it it has happened in the past and it could happen again. Mm. No, it's a good point. Injuries, uh, adversity, you know, it does create a level of resilience. Economy class. Grit. And let's not forget the cattle class layovers in Dakar. I don't even know where Dakar is. I just know there's some <laughs> kind of fucked up torturous rally that goes through there. It's that much of a hellhole. just looks, looks like a fucking giant sandpit. I can't imagine what the airport looks like. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot to like about Geordie's run into 2022. And you're right, Vaughn. It, it just does seem like only yesterday he was a young whippersnapper with all the hype in the world, mm. demanding Smithy buy him around at a Gold Coast nightclub. <laughs> Still how holding on to that, change, eh? How times change. <laughs> Uh, Look, I don't think anyone would uh, – like, there's not a surf fan out there who doesn't love what Geordie brings to, you know, to the fucking world of surfing when he's on. Mm. But he's just guilty of fucking, I think, the same thing that, um, you know, stopped a lot of guys from winning world titles, and that's just a tiny bit of entitlement creeping into his thing, you know? Like, you got to fight. Every heat is a fight, and nothing's going to just – be handed to you on a silver platter. So you've got to be able to get out there and fucking dig deep and find that grit, Smeevy. And this is the year. Come on, Smeevy. Come mm. on, mate. I think there's a couple of boxing quotes that are relevant here. You know, there's a saying that it's really hard to get yourself out of bed for a road run at 4 a.m. when you're sleeping in silk sheets. Mm. You know, a lot of the boxers who end up, you know, making their mark on the sport, they do it before the money's arrived. And once it does, everything just gets that little bit harder. And for Geordie, the money arrived right at the start when he'd achieved. And it's not going anywhere, Smithy. It's not going anywhere. Mm. His he's, he's, um, alcohol-free beer label, I just read in Stad the other day, is worth 58 million bucks. Heaps, heaps normal. So he's uh, he's an alcohol-free beer baron. You might not see the the belly turning up anytime soon, Smith. But yeah, the coin is uh, I don't know when you when you're from nothing and you've got nothing and you're fucking uh, you know hitting the tour like uh, a lot of the Australian QS battlers are this year. Mm. That brings an element of uh, you know grit of grit and war that those top brass aren't going to be quite well. They're going to have to watch themselves. They'll be ready for it. Uh, the talent. Between, you know, the uh, the grinders and the battlers and, and your John Johns and your top five, there is a gap there. There's no doubt about that. But fuck, grit can make miracles happen. Just look at morgues, mate. Just look at morgues. Mm. Another thing I've observed about elite sports people, it's that the ones who really succeed, the money is actually irrelevant. It's not why they're there. They're not there no. for the money, the adulation. They're there for some other weird deep burning desire that's quite hard to put your finger on. They often don't even know what it is. It's often some weird kind of childhood trauma, some need to, uh, you know, build themselves up to dominate others, um, this desire to compete, this alpha complex. All these things, for me, are what decide greatness in the sporting echelon. It Mm. doesn't decide greatness in life. It's often a fucking horrible, corrosive uh, characteristic outside of any kind of 
contest scenario and all of those people often fail dismally as family men and parents and fucking people, Mm. but fuck, they get a lot of adulation and uh, trophies. Mm. So It's all about the trophies, mate. That's all I've ever cared about. Trophies. Board socks number one. John John Florence takes out the HIC Pro at Pipeline, beating brother Ivan in the final, which has given him more wins than the late great Andy Irons on the North Shore in the process. Uh, Far out. Yeah, posted a near perfect heat total of 18.83 and started. His uh, yeah, fi- he, he was a flawless finals day run. He didn't drop a single heat throughout the entire event. It's John's tenth victory on the North Shore across all competitions. Um, following his win at Halieva last start in the Challenger Series event, he's a pipe, former Pipe Masters winner. Mm. Just at the start of last year was it or twenty twenty one? He's won four pipe, Vulcan Pipe Pros, multiple Sunset and Halieva crowns. Shit. This is what he had to say, Vaughn, about surpassing AI. That's crazy. I can't even believe that. Uh, even that I was tired with Andy, he said. Uh, just looking up to him the whole time I was growing up, he was such a big inspiration in my life, my brother's life. All of us that grew up here watched him surf. We watched him win world titles and battle with Kelly and still draw so much inspiration from that today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, bodes well for his return to contest surfing, fully fit on the back of a couple of horrendous years of injury. Oh, God, it's, uh, it's just so exciting. I, I'm so... Fucking frothing for this next uh, wazzle season to get underway. But just on the Florences, um, you know, it was only, it feels like only yesterday, Smith, that Andy and Bruce were the greatest brother combo we'd ever seen. And Hawaii just churns them out, don't they? Michael and Derek, uh, Andy and Bruce, now the Florences. It just seems that this is something fucking remarkable going down over there. Ivan's 10 in that HIC comp was fucking incredible. In the quarters, that was a fucking... Oh, just so just good. And right in front of his brother, off. which is exactly where you want to get it. You want to just put it right up the nose of your bro. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, Nathan is fucking... How's that guy surfing? Like, he always felt like kind of Shelbyville Florence compared to John John. <laughs> and uh, he's just made his own mark. And, and everything he's doing is... His surfing is just going from... Fucking strength to strength. He's got to be like top 10 big wave surfs in the world yeah. now, right? Like, I'd say arguably in heavy water he's better than John. Or at least like, mm. you know, he's got the one at Chopes. He's uh, just every big fucked up monstro mondo cone mm. fest. He's on it and getting the one. Yeah. And John John just like is so young still. Like he's got more, probably just as many wins in Hawaii coming his way. You know, I can't see... Anyone challenging him based on the surfing he's been doing this year, that's for sure. Not not in the immediate future. Um, I guess, mate, it just goes back to, uh, you know, when he was in utero, uh, Alex Florence got her bodyboard, cut the shape of her belly out of the middle of it and went surfing at uh, Pupakea Shores with uh, John John in the belly. So, I mean, he's been in that water, feeling the flow of that energy since he was in the fucking womb, mate. Wow, what a sight that would have been, seeing Alex Florence just bury a rail and pop a mean invert, gut busting out the bottom of her boog. Yep. Fucking yep. wild. Just paddling out, second reef, John John tucked up there in the, in the little uh, egg, and she just fucking packs it on a first reef, close out, hammers it off the bottom, 
big fucking horn fist as the thing shuts down and washes her up the beach. Oh, Unbelievable, mate. No need to drag the fins. Just go for the old uh, in utero gut drag to slow yourself <laughs> down. Oh, it's amazing. What an amazing story. And the uh, best is yet to come from John John. Just, uh, it just augurs for a fucking magic season. Come on. Come on, Hawaii. I want to see that Pipe Masters firing big, big days. Standing up on that first reef and just chunderous blowouts. Finger Buns is brought to you by our Swellian partners, Board Socks, the toughest canvas surfboard socks on the market. Made to stand the test of time, they are water and wax resistant, unlike the polyester socks that rip easily and end up as landfill or get waterlogged and stink up the car. They have a heap of artist collabs with designs by Saltwater Dreamtime, Aussie Wright and Jake Ross, and 10% of all proceeds go to different charity organisations like Jurakai Surf, One Wave, Surfers for Climate. So when you buy board socks, you're not just looking after your sled, you're helping to protect the broader surfing community. All covers are cart sewn and packaged with love on the surf coast of Victoria. Use the Swellian code SWELLIAN15 for 15% off. That's board socks, 15% off all products with the code SWELLIAN15. We pack our sacks full of fig and egg jam And we venture to faraway zones We're frothing harder than a TVC bender Around the world in 80 cones Around the world in 80 cones Uh, yeah Vaughn, you might have caught this clip in the past couple of weeks Geroid? Geroid? Hemorrhoid? I don't know. Geroid McDade's Frigid Cone Fest up there in Ireland in the Clip Domestic Tourist. Now, uh, the name translates to Brave with Spear. Mm. And uh, whether it be Mulligmore Meat Grinders or a late-night Dublin clubber chucking up a night's worth of Guinness and kebab in the gutter, mm. I'm told reliably that Geroid McDade will run his spear through anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, boys. What's the crack? Guys, McDade here from Ireland. Cheers for having me on, ain't that swell? Talk about my uh, new clip, Domestic Tourist. Uh, love your potty. Fuck, keeps me, keeps me well entertained as I'm driving up and down the coast here, looking for waves all the time. But uh, yeah, cheers for having me on and stoked to, stoked you like the clip. But um, yeah, the Domestic Tourist clip pretty much came from being stuck at home in a year, well, the years of COVID. Uh, we kind of, the idea came from, yeah, we're stuck at home. What can we do that we've never really done before? And decided go see some tourist places in Ireland we've never seen, tourist attractions there. So we decided to take a little trip to Dublin. We never really get to go to Dublin unless we're, flying out to go on trips from the airport so yeah we went spent spent a day in the city and uh started the day off up there with a couple of pints get things going and uh yeah visited some pretty funny tourist attractions like leprechaun museum didn't know that was a, such a thing until we went up there but uh yeah it was pretty funny pretty funny day i went up with my filmer clem mcnerney who filmed the clip and my friend Connor Mc, Connor mcguire and yeah, just had a pretty good day all in all and got to see some pretty funny and cool things in Dublin. But uh, yeah, and then as far as the surfing goes, it was kind of filmed just over last winter. Uh, being stuck at home with COVID again. I know 
it's pretty everyone around the world was stuck at home so yeah we got pretty lucky in the season that we had last winter that it was pretty pumping all the time i mean some of it was filmed through a lockdown and we had to dodge some police checkpoints to uh, get get to some waves but uh yeah it was worth it for the waves we had and just scoring all these waves with just irish boys out just your friends is pretty next level and uh, no nobody flying in for swells or anything like that i mean it's always great having the boys fly in but just having those days with just you and your friends that was pretty crazy it was pretty epic to have especially like molly where like you're always gonna have guys sw- flying in for each swell so yeah it's pretty good it gave me an opportunity to get used to the waves at Mullagmore more really I it's always been a place I've watched and kind of been out there for the last number of years trying to get a couple getting a couple each session but uh this year we had heaps of good paddle days that just gave me more and more confidence each time and managed then to get one of the best waves I've ever had out there uh at the end of the year so I was pretty stoked on that um I mean like even just the whole thing of trying to get used to surfing an eight foot board out there is pretty it's pretty tough i'm used to surfing five tens and just doing turns for a qs and stuff so yeah to get used to surfing an eight oh is pretty hard and it's even harder at a wave like mullock moore you need that length of board to paddle into it but then you kind of don't want it once you're on the wave because it's got all these weird boils and steps and makes it pretty easy to catch a rail and nose out there and happened plenty of times i got pretty fucked up on a couple but uh yeah it was pretty pretty great time and can't really beat being out of wave like more more with just your friends and having a crack out there it's pretty epic and well i suppose the other benefit was i got to surf like places i'd never really spent much time or tried to get into before like aliens I know if uh, anyone knows me anyway, they, they know I don't really like to go right. <laughs> and uh, Aliens is a big scary right. It's, uh, I don't know if it's more scary than Mullockmore or not, but I find it a bit scarier. Maybe it's just backside or something, but you're underneath all these pretty much biggest cliffs in Europe or something. You got to walk down with a big board. You got to stumble across all these slippy boulders, paddle out through this shore break on dry boulders. The whole the whole experience is it's sketchy and scary, but it's a it's a fun it's a pretty pretty good experience to be able to do and not not too far away from my home. So yeah, it was pretty sick. Um and we had heaps of good days down there this year, so it kind of forced me to get used to it down there as well. Not having the excuse of travelling or dodging swells for it down there. Uh but yeah, we had a couple of smaller six foot days and nice sunny kind of unheard of here and um kind of got used to it got a couple of fun ones and a couple of days back to back and the last day was kind of the biggest so i don't know i had a couple of fun ways to start off that bigger day and yeah i don't know i was on a board that uh mick fanning left for me here and i don't know if it had some fanning magic left in it or what but yeah i got that chip shot into that wave and to be honest when i took off i you're looking down the line, the thing looks like it's going to close out. But uh, yeah, it does, apparently those are the ones that you want. So I was told the whole time by 
the boys all down there. So I just held my nerve and went for it. And yeah, luckily I made it and it didn't close out our chandelier because that would have been a bit of a disaster. <laughs> uh, but yeah, stoked on that. And yeah, so I mean, pretty stoked that good things came for me from COVID. I hope good things came for a lot number of people around the world from COVID, even though with all the bad stuff that happened there. Uh, so yeah, but um, yeah, cheers for having me on to talk about my my clip and glad you all liked it and yeah, hope hope everyone's doing good and scoring some waves around the world. Cheers for having me on. You up the swellings? <laughs> Fuck, it is quite remarkable where Irish surfing is at, but also in some ways unsurprising given the fucking setups. Like Mulligmore, it's kind of like a a mild if you can call it that version of Tombstones in West Oz, um, with less of an under-the-lip drop and more of a mm. kind of rolling on like a 7.6. But fuck, they are packing it and sending it. And uh, there's a fucking ton of stantors on this. It's got this like roping quality to it. It just kind of ropes and warps and yeah, like a, a Toomey's or Kira in reverse mm. almost, but like a supersized frigid version of it. It's fucking mad. Yeah, man. I, just, I remember when I first saw Litmus. And Fitzy. On a single well, the, the great Irishman, Joel Fitzgerald. Oh, tiddly dee potato. <laughs> he uh, was up there, you know, packing these lefts that just were like, well, hang on a minute, where the fuck did this come from? Uh, and, you know, the uh, the great Irish fucking romantics who exist in surfing. Your Fannings, your Fitzies, your... F- Is there any more? Oh, I'm trying to think of uh, Mickey Smiths. You're, uh, uh, you're oh Rafferty, uh, I guess. I mean, I think that's an <laughs> Irish name. The son of Rafferty, I believe it means. I don't know, but yeah, it's just amazing. Um, just the fucking waves up there, man. And like the the big wave scene has got to be on par with pretty much any of the proper slab fiends. I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of parallels between Australia and Ireland. I think there's a bit of a, a kinship, a brotherhood between the two islands. Uh, and certainly with the, uh, the, the love of the uh, removed slab scene. It just seems to be something that uh, really we've, we've gravitated to, the Irish and the Australians. And, um, yeah, they've, they've done a really good job of basically uh, making, their, making that world their own up there. Mm. And they've just got two of the most captivating waves on the planet mm. in their backyard in Mulligmore, uh, which, you know, in that six to eight to ten foot range is just fucking spellbinding. And then Eileen's, that big bomby right? Is yeah. that the one? Yeah, Eileen's, I think it is uh, this big bomby right in front of the cliffs of Mohair there. Mm. Uh, we've seen Current, I think, was the first kind of guy I saw get a fucking skits one out there uh, in searching for Tom Curran. And then, you know, Fergal Smith made it his own backside out there. Mm. And the closer of Geroid McDade is a Fucking just, it, it's like, I don't know if he's been whipped into it or, or just shot into it on this wedge. It has this crazy rolling and then the thing just grows and grows and grows. And by the end of it, you're kind of worried for him going, please make this fucking mm. But uh, yeah, just a crazy, crazy setup. There's no wave that I can think of that's like that, that will grow to that size with, you know, if you get it right, there's a proper easy chip in. Far out, man. It's just, uh, it's, yep. Yeah, uh, who was the other guy? Connor McGuire? Conor McGuire, yeah. Conor McGuire, yeah. So there's been waves coming out of, from up there that are as big and as heavy and as fucking consequential as anything we've ever seen. It just feels, Smivy, from the outside looking in, like the very far reaches of the end of the earth. 
You know what I mean? If you're a flat earther, you're kind of like, that's the last stop before it fucking falls off into, you know, oh, the Netherlands, right. into, into space. It just, it seems so far removed from everything. And they really do seem to exist in a bit of a bubble. Uh, they're not the names that you see sort of popping up at Jaws or popping up at Nazare or, or any of these spots. They're just all about their local. Mm. You reckon mm. they just come in from these sessions and just head to the local pub and just fucking start ripping in like absolute maniacs? Glen Micro Hall. That's oh. the other Irishman I was forgetting. Smithy? The great your minor Irishman raised in the dog kennel in the back of a housing commission flat. That's yeah. right. Bon, how could we forget him? And uh, no, it's a good point. I mean, Fergal Smith famously rejected a final offer from Analog just to stay at home and grow spinach and potatoes and surf his locals purely mm. because he didn't like leaving Ireland in the winter, which you think would be everyone's dream to get out of there once the fucking barometer, the uh, temperature gauge drops down under the zero mark. But he just loved living up there, surfing the winters. Um, you know, they were trying to send him to Hawaii, the Galapagos Islands, all these tropical equatorial zones. Not interested. Brushed it. Not interested. Nah, just wanted to pack frigid, freezing fucking orbs at uh, Riley's, that kind of other fucked up mm. left they got there and uh yeah credit to him i don't know i know he's just a, a humble family man fucking shaping boards and packing pits and growing spinach like the great core lords of yore mm. a top of the cap to the great irish surfers and the great irish slab chasers smithy dr v is disrupting the global energy drink category with a healthy alternative made from unique herbs used by Russians to boost energy, stamina, and immunity. Russian smoothie. They don't get any better than the Russians, mate. <laughs> oh, Tatiana Grigorieva. Remember how good she was, eh? Oh, Kostya Australia Zoo. was pretty quick to get on the Russian bandwagon when she was winning silver medals back in That's right. Sydney 2000, my friend. Oh, we love a former Soviet refugee coming <laughs> over and just jumping pole vaults and bashing heads in. We love them. Get them, get them in here. Get their Siberian herbs. Four different Dr. V concoctions are available. All four drinks contain ingredients that strengthen immunity and are designed to tick different health, productivity, and wellness goals. The range includes Brainstorm for faster, clearer thinking. Siberian Rush for pre-workout smithy. Up and down. Ben, energy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, up and down. In. Not fully out, but fully in. Bender Mender. For the fast recovery, Woo. mate, needed a few of those over Chrissy and Karma Karma for a gentle energy lift and mood support. These are the greatest descriptions of uh, the benefits of these Dr. V drinks, Smith. All drinks are free from artificial colours, flavours, preservatives and synthetic herbs. And uh, you can get into them. Keep an eye out for the silver bottle. Dr. V, proud supporter of Ain't That Swell. It's under or over. De Goat weighs in on the Novak Djokovic Australian go. Tennis Open anti-vax saga on a New York Times Instagram post of one. Uh, just the short of it, if you've been <laughs> living in some Rona-riddled cave and uh, aren't across the Djokovic mm. saga, uh, basically... World number one. World number one uh, on his quest to win the most, I think, Grand Slams in history, 21 or something. Federer and Nadal at the Mm, moment, all mm, forever. Needs this, needs this bad. Mm. And so he's come out here to Australia to compete in the 
Australian Open, and he's basically been the litmus test for other sports people hoping to come to Australia. Without the vax. Without the vax. Um, so, and someone in the bureaucracy originally gave him the green light and said, yeah, go on, come over here, joker. Go on, go on, you silly aces. bastard. Get over here. Come on, we need you. <laughs> but then uh, he's gotten all the way out here, and some other pencil pusher has denied him. Fuck off, mate. Go on, get back to where you came from. Get out. Now, uh, all hell's broke loose, and uh, it's still up in the air as we go to air, but here's what the GOAT had to say on the New York Times Instagram post. Uh, Maybe Stockholm Syndrome can now change its name to Melbourne Australia Syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking... Beauty. What is shot? You can can see what he's done there, and that's why he's the GOAT. What a bitch. What a genius. Uh, He goes on, it's sad to see the celebrated division by the quote-unquote virtuous vaccinated. Um, If you're vaccinated, why are you concerned slash worried about anyone else's status? Ask the goat. Uh, Unless, of course, it doesn't protect you or you're scared you'll catch it or upset you had to take the risk of vaccination yourself. So much brainwashed hatred in people's hearts. Uh, He said people there, but I think he means sheeple. Uh, (laughs) Hearts, regardless of vax status. He ends up, now Vaughn, he ends up going so fucking deep Mm. on his comment thread, he's not even getting likes on his replies anymore. He's just some anonymous battler tapping the keys wildly (laughs) and getting dopamine spikes every time there's a reply. Now, uh, true to the GOAT's form, he shows no signs of relenting deep into the essay fest on the comment thread, Mm. which is just more proof that he'll take a W wherever he can get one, fully (laughs) ripping in against a bunch of unknown lowly plebeians. Incredible form from the goat up the goat. Uh, Now, it goes deep here, Vaughn. According to Beach Grit, Kelly also said five people I know died within two weeks of being vaccinated. Mm. Wow. Uh, And then this revealing comment, the point I'm somewhat agitated about is what more this man could have done. And he's put that to, uh, Kelly's put that to Djokovic's lawyer, Nick Wood. Who? That's right, Vaughn. What? Nick Wood. Ring a bell? Oh, I mean, uh, are you uh, starting to see where this is all beginning to go a bit awry? I mean, uh, (laughs) is it not all sounding a bit like the sorry story of Conan, the conspiracist from Cone Island, the man who spent too long in the cone and came out with a mind rotten to the core with conspiracies. Mm. Uh, the goat we know has spent more time in the cone than almost anyone in planetar- planetary history. Uh, we know, Vaughn, from past experience that the goat is not afraid to let himself enter the realm of conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And now we find out Djokovic's lawyer is none other than Nick Wood, the Merriweather prodigy, the youngest ever Bells Beach winner who lost his career and his mind in a sea of cones of all descriptions. Mm. A conspiracist of the highest order. And uh, I mean, fucking hell. I just this is unbelievable. Don't under- I don't really understand this When did Nick Wood study war, uh, law? That's I right. I mean, far out. If you're desperate to uh, be represented by someone from Merriweather, you must be so desperate, Djokovic. Uh, you know, you'd think you'd uh, go with someone, you know, either with the last name, mm. Simon Law, or uh, <laughs> of course. perhaps Peter McCabe. Because, mm. I mean, no one knows the ins and outs of the Asia-Pacific <laughs> prison and immigration system better. Uh, you know, plus if the illegal avenue closes out, he'll find you a backdoor in somehow. Oh, mate, that is wild. Yes, uh, yeah, I mean, fucking hell. And uh, I don't know... 
where do you've got a take on this one? What is your take on this? Jeez, <sighs> oh, uh, I don't have an opinion. That's what my fucking opinion. Well, he is. missed Serbian Christmas Day. I mean, <laughs> that's just fucking mm. sacrilegious in the extreme. But he's not the only core lord to lose a career mm. over a. Uh, you know, fucking conspiracy. There's core lord cone fans losing careers all over the shop to conspiracy theories. Uh, Jughead ain't that swell's very own. Lost his job as a fireman over refusing to get the vax. Uh, I actually spoke to Jughead via text yesterday. This is what he told me. Uh, left me in limbo with no pay. That's the way they want it. Hoping I'll leave. Well, there's at least 120 of us. They're about to enforce boosters every mm. four months. That's going to get interesting. 18 years and not even a fucking phone call. Just an email stating anyone not double-vaxxed will not be allowed on fire brigade property. Meanwhile, there's plenty of fireys going to work with COVID. I live in a clown world. <laughs> uh, and uh, add to that list, Vaughn, ain't that swell's very own, the shippies, moose, goat, Marty, Paradisus. Mm. Uh, another man who's seen the insides of countless cones of all variety. And another who has fallen afoul of the grand conspiracy of the government to enforce vaccine apartheid, inseminate us with nanotechnology, risk our heart health and immune systems, all for the sake of big farmer Moolah, born a uh, sacked, mm. sacked from the fireys, other noted cone fiend, conspiracists, Barton Lynch heading the Voices for Choices, a uh, freedom of choice group, shall we say, alongside Trevor Hendy, Taj Burrow, mm-hmm. Ash Grunwald, and yep. many others. Richie Vakulik, the bra boy who's seen the insides of some of the all-time greatest cones of mortal coniquins at uh, the Cape there. He's uh, very sus on vaccines. Ditto Kobe Abaddon. I just don't know about this, Vaughn. Uh, I don't know where I sit. I mean, uh, all I can say is I tend to put my faith in the core Lord Cone Fiends, Vaughn. I mean, mm. I can only assume they've seen something we haven't while deep inside the cone. And to seeing such things make you prone to a conspiracy theory. I mean, need I remind you of Conan Hayes, the QAnon conspiracy mm. from Conan Island. What is it about Cone Fiends, conspiracies, and vaccines? Oh, it's just a fucking recipe for fucking division, my friend. That seems to be the biggest takeaway for me. Uh, people who are, are long-time mates, long-time friends, long-time surf buddies, ripping each other to shreds over their position on vaccines. It's a fucking clusterfuck, the entire thing, and I'm sick of talking about it. Surely it's I, a freedom I, of choice scenario. Surely you yeah. can give us the option of you know getting inseminated with sus nanotechnology or not. Yeah. I mean, if you're willing to trust Big Pharma and the government at this point, you've had more cracks to the skull than Jughead at the Cape Fear Challenge. I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. You can't possibly put yeah. any faith in big pharmaceutical companies and their cock-sucking bourgeois parasites in Congress and the it's government. It's just a fucking, it's a freedom of choice thing, man. And if you, if you want to get it, get it. If you don't want to get it, fucking don't get it. A massive under to the forced vaccination program, I'd have mm. to say, Vaughn. And a massive under to our... Very own Jughead and Marty getting the sack for not wanting to get the vax. Uh, under. Under. And to the goats, uh, I mean, look, the goat bothering to go that deep on an Instagram forum with lowly plebeians, hashing it out, hashtagging it out, massive over. Well, I think goat needs to get in contact with Nicky Wood ASAP mm. and uh, get his plan for getting to Bills That's right. well and truly ironed out now so that he doesn't get to the border Get the senior sergeant, Gary Conehead, sitting there with his fucking customs jacket on going, mm. turn around, goat, 
you're fucking not welcome. I mean, surely a former Bells winner, the youngest ever Bells winner, can get a plus one to get to the event. Yeah, you'd think so, think wouldn't so. you? Pull a couple of strings, Nicky. Pack a couple of cones. Sort it out. Warner House at Engowry. Eerily similar to the one made famous by Batty Trelaw in Morning of the Earth. Uh, you know, the one shaping his own board, running mm-hmm. down the point and drop wallet, snapping into the pit and cut off jean shorts. What a fucking cool Lord King being the late great Batty. Uh, this house, eerily similar to that one, sold for four mil. Huh. Well played. Huh. I mean, is it well, well played? played? I don't fucking know if it is. Maybe it's just real estate, parasites, milking, the surfing teat for all it's worth. What do you think, Vaughn? Um, well, let's see, Smithy. COVID has uh, basically brought on a monumental fucking exodus from the cities. Uh, we know that is happening. It's been happening for a long, long time. But uh, it ramped up substantially when people were forced to just sit in their little fucking apartments, their boxes, their windowless fucking, you know, soulless city dwellings. And uh, I think most people just thought, you know what? I'd rather be up, uh, up the coast uh, staring at the beach. And so uh, it, it makes, you know, wherever there, there, there's demand, the property prices will go up. And right now, if you're unfortunate enough to be living on the north coast of New South Wales and you're a long-time local and you're thinking of uh, trying to buy your first house, well, guess what? Mate? You have fucking blown it! Because that ship has sailed, my friend. Start heading back down to Sydney, mm. way out west. I'm talking around about, what, Mount Druitt, mm. Penrith. Fanning territory. Yeah, you can get maybe, a uh, uh, maybe get a start down there. Start you, yep. you, 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 you've got dreams of having kids to Urban be pro surf. surfers. Do the fanning route and go all the way back out west, the foot of the mountains. That's right. Because you ain't getting a fucking sniff near the coast. Hey, right. No, that's right. And it's not just COVID that's created this exodus. Reading between the lines of Australia's immigration program, we actually have one of the highest. Immigration intake, skilled migrants I'm talking about in the Western world. We're talking about 2,000 people a week coming in to settle permanently in uh, Sydney alone. Um, and the skilled migration intake is not even uh, half of what's happening with all the you know, uh, student visas. Uh, you can naturalise after five years. So if you're a rich person from anywhere in the world, you can basically do five years of uni, not show up to a single class and uh, get naturalised. That's where the numbers are coming from. Yeah. It's all part of the endless jobs and growth mantra. Uh, if you want the economy to keep steaming along, all the jobs and construction that keeps all the chippies employed, then we've got to keep flooding this country with people. And of course, uh, if you're from the city like myself, you see it every day with the high rises and the congestion growing to boiling point, breaking point, until people mm. are just schwitzing like Michael Douglas in whatever that fucking film Falling is. Falling down. Loses yep. the shit. Um, and so they get out and move to coastal and regional areas and the coastal and regional areas, the lokes there get filthy about city slickers muddying up the lineup with their <laughs> hair gel and reeking cologne and it's just this endless clusterfuck. Meanwhile, refugees can't get into the country. They're all just perishing in Kenyan refugee camp- mm-hmm. camps uh, while middle class migrants steam into the country by the Boat and plane load, mm. and I'm no xenophobe, but uh, I think you know that's just what's happening. Mm. So uh, get your ducks in a row, understand what the process is. It's uh, a, you know if we're going to let people in this country, surely it's on compassionate grounds mm. and not the highest bit of horn. Good luck to that, Smithy. One thing we know about it: the Australian government they ain't letting fucking any cunt who hasn't bring who isn't bringing money in. No chance. Oh, and uh, under. under. Yeah, under to the exponential rise in coastal property. Fucking, I guess it goes to that point too, Vaughan. Um, you know, if 
you know where there's a quality wave in the world, buy a little slice of dirt there because good quality surf is the new fucking oil when it comes to property. Oh, yeah. One came through the traps uh, via the uh, Vans program there. What's it called again? The uh, the Daily Show or the Weekly Show they've got. The pickup? The pickup oh, yeah. uh, of Tex Mitchell. Who? An unknown Oceanside Grom surviving an absolute pipeline death trap. Go suss out Tex Mitchell's this is, Instagram. This and is the phone zone, thing. isn't it? Like it's, it's two under-the-lip takeoffs. Yeah. We're talking about Kale Walsh. Two of the best you'll ever see. Talk about modern tube riding at the top of the program. It's entered a fucking godly realm. I've never seen anything like that Tex Mitchell drop, mate. Like, I mean, fuck, it's it's borderline goatish from the uh, Slater-John John Pipe Masters final. Uh, It's a free-fall vertical underneath a chandelier that is already cascading over the top of him. And he fucking loses all the fins. Absolutely just... Butters the landing, like fully into his bottom turn already. Gets chambered off his dial, blown out. You can hear everyone on the beach just fucking losing their minds. Tex Mitchell, I salute you. That is as fucking good as a drop as I've ever seen. I don't even know it's pipe. I don't think it is. It looks like a... It is? It is pipe on there. Well, far out, man. It's it's wobbly, backwashed, first reef, fucking one of those nightmares that you've, oh. uh, you, you really... You think it's going to be a good one, and then it does that big lurch and, and really, uh, you know, doubles in size and throws, you know, the the big fucking section over. And oh. that's as good as I've seen. I've got, I've got to fucking say, Tex Mitchell, whoever you are out there, and where do these people come from, Smithy? Does he have the right to paddle out a pipeline and fucking jag one like that? That's just absolute fucking... Manic shit. Well, I, I think that's the rub, Vaughn. I mean, it uh, looks to me like one of the morning sick, early mornings before the Dahui backdoor shootout began. And they're exactly the waves the Lokes will call you into and let you go because they're a <laughs> very good chance of absolutely spinal tapping you on a piece of lava spike. Um, you know, they, They're the kinds of waves that kill people regularly and they're exactly the kinds of waves that they let Oceanside Californian holy groms have. Mm. Um, it, just the fucking crazy, like, it almost doesn't look like it's going to reel off in time. There's all this wash-through foam from second ring, <sighs> and it just backs off as he's weightlessly sparrow-soaring into the guts of the thing and blown out. And, I mean, the water is poo brown, not because of the river runoff, mm. but because of the excrement just leaking out of the bowels <laughs> of the rest of the people in the lineup. Yeah, it's a fucking... Wow. That's a career maker, man. Like, I mean, I don't know. Who t- I've never heard of Tex Mitchell. Never heard of him, mate. Fuck, I know... Like, it's like, it's like when I, whenever I see top forty fucking anything these days, you know the music channel. I, I have no clue who's singing songs in the top forty anymore. I'm an ancient old relic. I'm a fucking used by antique. But I'm telling you, mate, pop music is full of fucking nobodies who are making shit that I don't give a fuck about. Tex Mitchell paddles out at Pipeline, jags a wave that has now he's fucking Justin Bieber to me. Mm. One name I do know. One name I do fucking know. All right. He's won L'Oreal blow-dry hair part away from being a Canadian pop sensation. Mm. I mean, he's uh, on a trajectory alongside Makua Kai Rothman uh, to the top of the charts and the top of the pecking order at Pipe. You know those waves? Like, uh, it, it used to be the way, um, almost in the magazine days when news wasn't sort of daily, when you, you'd have your, uh, your big sort of... Uh, 
what do you call that? A curation of all the month's best surfing, and it would come out in a magazine. And the wave of the winter, uh, or you know, the wave of the season would often feature in there. And it was usually like you know, current at backdoor or whatever. But every now and again, a no one would get that wave. And uh, the the guys who spring to mind are Laurie Towner. He got one at off the wall. It was just fucking four hundred, you know, half a k long. He got spat out somewhere near log cabins, and that made him. You know, he went from just being this little no-name Grom to a guy who everyone was like, who the fuck is this? Owen Wright at Pipeline, when he was a young squirt, ended up getting a few sets, and next thing he's got a wild card at 15, 16 years old into the Pipe Masters. Mick Lowe, there's another one for you as well. Uh, years and years ago in one of those brown water seasons, jagged a huge one at Pipe, and then obviously, uh, you know, went on to be one of the great Hawaiian performers, a, a runner-up there in a, a Pipe Masters Really famous one, 2000 to Rob Machado. So, yeah, mate, it seems to me that uh, good old Texy Mitchell has put his hand up here and just uh, said, hey, new name, keep an eye out. And, uh, yeah, watch these, watch the charts too because I'm fucking pretty handy on the old fucking kazoo. And uh, on the other side of the uh, world, the globe, Kale Walsh. Mm. Do you, when you've got that much fucking deep ocean power coming at you, the guts to just turn and go is one thing. The guts to turn and go that late and to just butter it in off a takeoff. Ugh! Go, Smithy. Go have a look. Get on Kale Walsh's Instagram and cop the side-slipping under-the-lip piece of absolute tube wizardry. Mm. I mean, uh, he's basically got one inside rail fin engaged and the nose is just slipping down the face of a 8 to 10-foot fucking orb. Um, I mean, they're taking, like, Kyle Walsh is such an interesting figure. He is one of the maddest guys I've ever had the pleasure or displeasure of watching send it. I uh, caught a bit of his action at, you know, an 8 to 10 foot plus day at North Point uh, during the contest window last year. And I was shocked and appalled at the just sheer <laughs> lack of self-preservation. The frontal lobe in his uh, young brain is clearly not developed because the risk assessment mm. is, is non-existent. How's the fuck? He just loves it, though. How's he that generation, it? Smithy? Like, you got Kale Walsh, Jack Robbo, Chippo Wilcox, and Chuny Manners. Uh, all four of those guys have packed, in the last, let's say, four years, like, monumental fucking chambers. Like, big, big, like, best ever chambers in the West. Mm. Uh, you, you could easily put a, an argument that... Those four guys have surfed four of the best waves ever surfed on that West Coast uh, in the last sort of few years. They're all big dudes. Like they're, mm. they're not short. They're, they're big upper body guys. They kind of look long on waves. And as you say, mate, risk assessment just seems to be a, a big fat fucking duck egg in their universe, a mm. big zero. Uh, it's like, well, it's coming at me. I'm going to have a fucking crack. And I just wonder how much each other have, has played in that push to uh, – Turn later, swing later, put it uh, on a more critical edge, you know, boost higher and uh, send it to the flats further. You know, it's a, it's a fucking epic gen from the Wild West. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see these guys hitting their straps right now. Yeah, he's right in that conversation with Jack Robbo, Chippo and uh, Chuni for the ultimate tube pig cone fiend, Hamad man mm. in the West. Chuni with that Toomey's fucking 
airdrop. That thing was so fucked up. I mean, it's just such a lineage there, though, isn't it? Dino Adrian, Jay Davies in the generation before. I mean, they grow up just seeing absolute lunacy on a swell-by-swell basis. And I think at a certain point, these guys just get somewhat bored with perfect ones at North Point, perfect ones at the box, and they just want to send it on fucking absolute lunacy. Like, yeah, that, that contempt for waves that'll kill you is just such a West Australian, Hawaiian, Tahitian thing. And, mate, being from the East Coast, you can't really fathom it. You can't even put yourself in that frame of mind. You can't no. begin to contemplate no, it. No, 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 no. It's like, uh, you know, we, we get our waves here and... and Sure, there's a lot of like you know when, well, yeah. when we when we do get them, it's North Coast, it's, I should say, North Coast, yeah, North yeah. Coast, down well, the South, South Coast, there's a couple of fucking slabs, for sure. but yeah, man, I like it's just the the the, the difference, uh, like the access, the 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 way that waves like big swells break in the West in Hawaii, you know, in these zones, it's it's a totally different ball game. Like the North Coast is a fucking mission when the swell's up, mate. The amount of ocean moving around, the amount of power it takes. We need a cyclone to generate surf that big. There's just not enough sort of deep ocean between us and, uh, you know, the, the the open ocean is sort of blocked by New Zealand. It's blocked by all these other things. So, like, all of our storms, they've got to be mega to, uh, to generate that sort of surf. Uh, we just don't get that long, clean, groomed out, you know... Um, perfection i suppose you'd call it uh and as a side effect you know we're, we're battling big sweeps big rips to try and get waves that these guys get they can paddle out on a fucking you know 10 foot day there where there's not a drop of water out of place and you're not necessarily having to just you know use up all your energy so you're getting a lot of uh you know i don't know a lot more sort of time to figure out where you want to be and and, and you can get better quicker i think but still, it's fucked up. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. Righto, Smithy. Uh, we've already got a heap of questions here, mate, but uh, we'll just rip in here. Hi. Here's an interesting one from uh, Wispy Smith. Uh, do you think that there will ever be another surfer to go full wax? And uh, this isn't a little doff of the cap to the uh, code word for full wax, by the way. This is just uh, no tail pad. Who will it be? So can you see someone who's just going to paddle out the full deck covered in the good old slimy petrochemical wax? Uh, the last full waxes I remember was uh, Adriano D'Souza. Oh. Never really relied on the uh, tail pads. Oki, of course. Famously, uh, if you look at those Dahlbergs, mate, no tail pads, no front deck to be seen. Uh, who do you reckon? Mm. Yeah, I uh, can't imagine it. I, I don't. What's the logic there? I mean, in my mind, the full the full wax job, the uh, you know, the the wax instead of a tail pad, it just doesn't stack up to having that rubber there, mm. that whatever it is, that grip there. So I don't really understand why people don't like it. I mean, I guess Ock was so lead-footed, there was basically a groove there in the board where his foot <laughs> just was just big feet, stuck there. Yeah. Feet holes. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't see it happening. Sorry? Um, I mean, unless they get to a spot and they're underdone and they don't have time to whack on a grip pad. But yeah, not, I think it would have to come down to uh, – it's more likely that it will come down to uh, alternative craft being introduced to the at WSL level. 
then, you know, a, a single fin, you don't want a tail pad on those. Uh, Why not? That's, that's it just looks thing. stupid, doesn't it? it, well, it it's, it's counterintuitive anyway. You, you, you kind of like, I guess t- to do a big stomp, you do have to have your foot right back, either above or behind the fin. But I just don't know. I don't know, man. It just doesn't look cool. No, that's right. <laughs> Surfing's so caught up in that, uh, you know, grip pads on, on 20s and, and singlies. It just looks that rank that you can't really do it. Yeah. Um, Mason Ho, there's another guy who uh, doesn't rock pads all that much. That was uh, Binzy chipping in there on your Binzy. There you go, mate. Hey. Hey. All right. Uh, this one's from Matty. He says, not a question but uh, for the show, but a, a question for the post-COVID world, Smithy. Fucking love the live shows. I've listened to all of them on your spotties. Uh, would you guys consider making a trip over the ditch and coming to New Zealand for a live show? Zealand? Uh, we have Core Lords deep surfing history that would be epic to delve into. Please, please. Yeah, I can. I mean, I, I Mate, know if I you think guys... it's part of the plan, isn't it, Smith? This year, I think like because there's a women's CT or maybe a Challenger Series event over at Piha. So, um, mate, if it's possible, if the travel window opens up. I reckon we're coming, Matty. Yeah, and I've got a few connections through my uh, football legacy, so I can definitely tee us up a uh, South Auckland Housing Commission unit to, you know, we won't get the run of the joint, but, you know, Anaru and uh, Nikki Hempo and the boys, they'll, mm. they'll put us up for a couple of nights for oh, sure. Oh, nice one, yeah. yeah but good to see uh, Luke Sederman, the Raglan Surf Report. Right. Uh, who, who else is a bit of a Kiwi Lord dog? Well, Billy. Got to get Billy on. Billy Stairman, the, the Anzac part of the uh, Challenger Series route there. Just mm. missed out there. Just missed it, but uh, an absolute lord. Maybe get Mikey Mal, Noah Dean's uh, filmer and uh, contributed to Snapped 4 and a few other bits and pieces. Made some classic films. All the all the uh, Noah clips, mm. uh, Mikey Mal. Is that right? He's from across the ditch. Really fucking solid Kiwi surfer, mate. Actually was out there the day I burnt Wayno at the wreck. So uh, sorry about that. How'd you become protected? The noisy surfer, Smithy, wants to know, what is your personal record for one white wonders slash clean snaps ratio? Ooh. That's uh, some deep personal information. Mm. Uh, he reckons he's got a 9 out of 10 for uh, not having to wipe too much. So uh, he's either got a great diet or I don't know what's going on there. Is he eating but, sawdust? No, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a good feeling, though, when the scissor just cuts it off clean, isn't it? <laughs> I've got a couple of iconic uh, aquaturds gone wrong. One at uh, Bunko Bunko Desert Point there. Yeah, didn't really read the uh, kind of refraction on those long-period Indian Ocean swells. And uh, it was a reasonably clean snap. But uh, that was of little consolation to the crowded lineup as it made its way through. Uh, and another Atlantic's head, another classical point break again, stitched mm. up either a fraction, bringing my uh, my soiled, you know, kind of put 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 like it was a, a kind of like trail of breadcrumbs, mm. only that those breadcrumbs had been eaten uh, eighteen hours earlier. Yeah, uh, well, my last uh, what will we call this ev- evacuation uh, on a beach was uh, at Broadwater. And I was running down. I, I didn't quite have time to make it to the surf, so I just pulled down my, bar, uh, my boardies behind a piece of coffee rock down there and uh, <laughs> unloaded. And then, uh, not really paying attention, sort of watching the shorey. And as I went to pull my pants up, I looked down and uh, just shit straight into my boardies. So <laughs> that was fucking <laughs> epic fail. Pretty piss weak. Uh, old mate Mad Dog Marshall Smithy wants to know uh, <laughs> question for you here. Uh, have you? I've noticed. <clears throat> excuse me. I've noticed that the, you have uh, the Aboriginal and Eureka flags together on the back of the pano. Uh, what do these flags mean to you? And should we change your current flag setup to maybe a collaboration of the two? Ah, uh, 
to the second question, yes. To the first question, uh, I mean, you know, obviously acknowledgement of the uh, original landowners and First Nations people. And then the Eureka flag, uh, in my historical knowledge, stands for the first multicultural uprising against the establishment, against the pommy aristocratic scum who thought they were lording it over us plebeians. And then we all came together on the gold fields there at Eureka and said, fuck you, you pommy gits. Have a fucking gut full of lead. And uh, it was on for young and old. So Mm. uh, solidarity amongst the working pleb class in the face of aristocrats. Uh, definitely close to the heart of Simi. And, uh, of course, acknowledgement of the original landowners. And I want to fuck that Union Jack off like nothing else. Mm. And the fucking shitty 80s keyboard riff piece of shit anthem to mm. get rid of that fucking joker. I'd love to see a boxing kangaroo, uh, some kind of Aboriginal iconography, and, yeah, the Eureka stockade flag somewhere, all represented, mashed in together. And may I suggest a couple of um, golden cone pieces on there as well, mate. Oh, God, he couldn't couldn't go past that. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Uh, Survival League, who has been on to us about getting a team happening for his uh, fantasy surf thing, I believe. Uh, He says, what are your picks for Pipeline? We're going to go deep on this, Smith. But uh, he says, one surfer to advance past round 32. But then Josh Connor, who, who, you know, is a constant uh, commentator on the Swilling Instagram has chipped in. Nah, nah, pick someone who won't advance. Who sucks out there? So uh, before we go deep with our next episode of Blitzed, who is not making it through their first heat at the Pipolina for you? Now, just let's just drop someone right in the fucking right in it. Ah, it's a difficult question. I want to go with the Californian Jake Marshall, probably not to progress, just purely for the absolute deep-seated hatred of Howley Mainlanders that Hawaiians have. So he's, you know he's coming into the pipeline contest completely underdone, barely have having, having had a sniff of a single piece of vision out there. Uh, very hard for West Coast Americans to get a piece of the pie pie. And the women? Not going to make it. Oh, jeez. Um, probably Tatiana Weston-Webb, judging off where she's taking off out there, which is basically on the shoulder, shoulder-hopping and fading Moana Wong. I mean, if that's your strategy of pipe, you're going to be getting naught but 0.1s. Mm. Uh, pure cowardice. Not getting out of the opening round uh, for me, my choice. I'm going to say Geordie um, Smith. Ooh. Just think uh, you talk a big game before you get there and uh, sometimes you can over-amp. Mm. I don't think it's about ability for Smithy. I just think it's it's a lot riding on this year. Uh, to bounce back, though, for Sunset and, uh, you know, Portugal, Bills, all of that, I think he'll be uh, top five. No worries by the time we uh, hit the mid-year cutoff. Just think there's a lot of pressure on Geordie over there. And then I think, despite the fact, mate, that Katie Simmers is the... Grom de la Grom and has already put in some good performances at backdoor and stuff. If it gets solid, if they send the women out in anything over eight foot, I think she'll be. Oh, it's a she's a tiny, tiny frame, man. I think she's got the talent. I think she's a couple of years off putting in a performance out there. So there's my picks for you. Uh, get back on protection, you mutt. Ashley Borthwick uh, has said, "Yep, you've gone full Gold Coast on him there, deadly regarding the uh, the drop in." Mm. Sorry, boys. Uh, how tall is Vaughn Corn? Sean P. Edwards wants to know. I'm six uh, five, mate. Really? Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Pretty piss weak, if you ask me. Um, Peace, Peace the Casey. 
Pista, Casey. Oh, yeah, Pista. Always dropping in here, Smith. Wants to know, what will Deadly's uh, penance be for this deadly burn? Mm. You got anything in mind? I mean, the public shaming, surely. Surely that's enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jeez, this pay. is really something we must consult the Holy Man Surf Corps 2001. Uh, I assume, you know, the confession booth usually yields at least 1,500 Hail Marys, 45 Wim Hof rounds in succession. Um, there'll probably be, you know, something really nasty like having to surf for at least a month or one cyclone swell with sticky feet wax um, or slippery feet as it's known, Clyde. Mm. Uh, geez, I don't know, Vaughn. I mean, you'd have to, I'll have to leave that in surf course hands. We'll give that to fucking the drop boys. They've got like a surf sins thing on their potty. Dog. Oh, sorry. Stand up and boogie wants to know, Deadly and Smithy, if you could go for a surf trip back in time. We get this one a bit, actually. Where would you go and where would it be? Sorry, where would it be and when? And Deadly, who would you fade? Love your work, boys. I think you've got to just go to Kira in those that 28-day window, the famous 28 days in a row of uh, sort of, you know, the four to eight-foot Kira swell of the 70s. It's mentioned in um, Busting Down the Door, Rabbit's Biography by Tim Baker. And uh, it just was like turn up, you know, 10 guys were – basically surfing at that point who had any sort of tube skill and just pull in for fucking 28 days straight. Mm. And I would fade whoever wasn't up to it, mate, because I'm a fucking fader. I'm up here in my ivory tower <laughs> fading any cunt. Uh, what about you, Smithy? Uh, so probably... that would have been 70. I think that would have been a bit early 70s, sort of around 71, 2 or something. I'd have to go have a bit more of a contemporary example and probably head to Barra de la Cruz circa <sighs> 2007. I think, mm. uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the year after the Rip Curl Pro there, but, you know, that's just being realistic. Like, I wouldn't have known the joint existed prior to that contest. So, uh, yeah, I, I still think there was a golden age along that point break belt. It's probably still raining now. There's fucking so many of them in a row over there. Mm. Um, yeah, can't go past that. Just fucking stand tall nuggets for days. Hey. Sam Pervian wants to know, Smithy, did Fanning request you guys to drop the C-bomb from his contribution to the potty intro? I think he's referring to get a haircut, you can't. That. Uh, well, I don't know the story there, but it is gone. No, I know the story. Um, uh, that's line is taken from Dope Youth, the Grizzly and Lemmy se- section at the end. And uh, I'd, when we filmed that, I promised Mick and Joel I'd cut all the swearing out. But the <laughs> only bit I cut out was the cunts. I just mm. took the cunts out. Because mm. I just thought, ooh, it just wasn't quite where it is today, the C word. Mm. So that's it. It was actually dropped out of the original edit. So... Uh, Otherwise, it would be there, mate. It would be there, loud and proud. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Brett Fairbanks wants to uh, give us a an update. Uh, I think when we were talking about Mitch Parker uh, getting so tubed, uh, he was probably, you know, uh, getting out by the skin of his foreskin. Does that, that ring, ring a bell? I think it, we, we said that, uh, you know, that, that really long racy one, he yeah. might have just... Found the doggy ball, doggy door, got out by the skin of his foreskin. He's just giving us the update here. Mitch Parko has no foreskin. Ah, no hat, no play. No hat, no play, my friend. Mm. So uh, there's a little update for uh, all fans of professional surfing wondering about the foreskin situation of uh, Mitch Parker. Glad we got to the bottom of that, Vaughan. And what a perfect way to sign off today's program. It's been a pleasure as always. Love you, mate. And uh, great to be back for 2022. See you for the blitz step, the pipeline preview coming up next. Hitting me! Are you kidding me?
You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. 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 You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me. You kidding me? Are 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 you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me? You have got to be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?